Hey, I can't believe nobody's calling you guys. Oh, it's Chuck, by the way. Of course. I guess I'm the only one who fucking calls. Maybe I could make a PSA for you. Okay, three, two, one. Hey, this is Chuck. You might know me from being a pain in the ass all over message boards about no means no things, but fucking call in, you dickweeds. Welcome, No Means Nerds, to episode 41 of the No Means No Thing, No Means Nothing podcast. The end of season one. Round one? I don't fucking know. I cannot believe we have made it this far, and you've, if you've made it this far with us, listen to us talk about all but six of the fucking songs from this catalog. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Flato. I'm Matthew. Hello. And I'm Michelle. Hello. You know us. You love, hate us, whatever. You've (laughs) come this far with us. I frankly can't fucking believe there's still some of you listening, but here you are. And And new people. made it. Fuck. New people. New people coming in. Welcome to all of you. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm feeling sentimental about this. I can't believe we're at the, the end of round one. Uh, I, I don't, I, I guess I'd hoped we'd make it this far, but. It's just weird to be at this marker. We'll talk towards the end of the podcast, but we won't have a secret episode or tag at the end now because there's no secret machine to roll. All right, then yeah. but we'll right. we'll finish like maybe up a little COVID bit. COVID time has kind of like made it so that you know we're not really as familiar with accomplishing things anymore. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's 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 valid. That's valid. But uh, it yeah. feels good to be here. I think I think we've uh, done the best we can, and uh, now we've got to figure out what the fuck we want to do for round two. So, just a word of reminder: we don't know exactly how long. We'll keep in touch with you guys, but uh, there will be a break, you know, before we hit round two. At some point in that interim, I'm not sure when, we'll have a fun wrap up episode where we sort of review all of the first season, kind of talk about our choices, remind everybody what went through, what didn't, just sort of yeah. shoot the shit a bit. But, um, and you know, who knows, maybe some surprises here and there before we hit season two, round two, whatever, but it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be a minute. I don't know, three months, something like that. Uh, and it's not like we'll be fallow during that period. We probably got it. We'll probably be doing a shit ton. Uh, but myself, I would like to get back to the position of not recording the week we're going to release. Yes, indeed. I would like to, to get a bunch in the yes, can sir. so that we're not no, reaching sir. panic levels, but. You know, we'll get back to panic levels eventually anyway. Fuck you, All right, sir. so any fuck <laughs> you, sir. So uh, those of us who've been with us long enough know that it's now time for the power of positive drinking. Michelle, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I guess I go first, right? I've oh, got, yeah. I'm going classic. I got my beautiful brown whiskey, and it's actually kind of a tall glass, so I could be fucked because I'm very hot, and I get very drunk when I'm very hot. So here we go. Bottoms up. Michelle, what do you got for us? Oh, 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 there they go. There they go with those sexual noises. Oh, oh, now I'm gonna pour it into my pint glass. Oh, damn. I swear to, I swear to God, like I'm not an ASMR person. Yeah, right underneath the microphone. Just do this 
why don't you do this for yourselves in your own homes? I don't know. It sounds then better coming through a mic. Then you'll stop making orgasm noises. I don't want to stop making orgasm noises. <laughs> I kind of. I'm like an orgasmatic. <laughs> <laughs> I am going sex mad, Matthew. How about you? What do you got? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I'm sick. <laughs> I got. I kind oh, of no. forgot with all the uh, COVID covid shit that uh three weeks ago i had like an intestinal complaint and now i just have a fucking cold <laughs> it's, so you uh, got nyquil no i don't get nyquil but i'm Day just quill, uh, I mean? got a big glass of water but um i do splash a, a little bit a few drops of fee brothers plum bitters in there just for a little bit of flavor. plum bitters and actually nice. i love this stuff it uh it smells and tastes so much like juicy fruit gum no uh, wait yeah it's God, amazing i love that Totally. That Get yourself fantastic. some Fee Brothers Plum Bitters, I swear. I think I will. Yeah, man. That is fantastic. Does it last longer than the Juicy Fruit? Uh... Um, <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, it does. Cause it's, Wait, did uh... you say Fruit Stripes or Juicy Fruit? Juicy, Juicy Fruit. fruit. The, oh, taste, okay. the, taste, the taste is going to move you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, fucking A. Well, I guess it's good that we don't have a huge preamble today because... Bitches, we got six songs to cover. Uh-huh. We, we had a bit of an odd number. Now, here's what I want to say to people about this. There's a couple in here. Um, one, you know, There's some covers. Well, actually, yeah, it's just one cover, so that's not so bad. Um, th- there's going to be people who are like, wait a minute, what about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm one of them. But can we, can, we all be, can, we, can we all be real? Like, It's not like I don't... And if we find something we really want to add in, we'll probably talk about them in round two or a special episode, but Maybe, let's yeah. be real. Ain't, we forgot Glad All Over. By the, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we forgot i don't want to go down to the basement we forgot hey hey my my into the black uh so all right so know, we're gonna have the covers. we're gonna have the forgotten we're gonna have the we, that's a whole fun episode Ooh, we get to they're do. all covers but covers episode but guess but guess what but guess what ain't none of those fucking songs making it through to the end anyway so it's not we're all fooling ourselves if we think that those are actually going but again that's not the purpose of the podcast the purpose of the podcast is to uh to remind people it's to uh talk about every single fucking song through our own brand of nerd fucking lenses. And yes, we are pitting them against each other. Bracket style, gladiator style to see which is the best. No means no song of all time. But as you know, spoilers, there is not one. Uh, true. You are not one, right? There's, I know you think you're wrong. I mean, I know what it is, right? Clearly, but. I know what it it is too. It depends on the day and the humidity. So. (laughs) We are going to start with two songs today. We're going to do three rounds. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling people, telling you now, this is probably going to be one you're going to want to listen to in like two sessions, maybe. I mean, maybe you're a fucking weirdo. Maybe you're driving across country. Maybe you're Cam, yeah, who's Cameron. going to show up later, and he's you know driving across country or something like that, and you've fucking got a long lunatic. time to listen to this one. But we're not only doing <laughs> six songs. We are going to do, I think, three or four, I think four listener submissions, which will wrap it up. And I think we got everyone who submitted then. If we missed you, please let me know, because I really tried to make sure we got everybody. And I'm so, so grateful for everyone who sent something in. Yeah. Um, and then we also have, sadly, the final <laughs> Andy's Correction Corner. That's it. It's finished. Ah. Oh, God. And there's six of those. So this is a long, it's not quite double stuffed. It's, you know, one and, one and a third stuff. I, I so think we'll see. for next time we should ask him what he thinks of the songs that aren't his. No, I don't want to oh. know. <laughs> I don't want to know. I've heard it from what he said. I don't want to know anymore. I, just <laughs> I don't shit. know if he'd do it either. 
probably not, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. I, I, all I'd like to say is our dear hope is that in one way or another, it's not going to be the very last contribution of Mr. Kurt to the podcast, but we will see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the future is the past. So we're going to start with our first pairing today. We are going to call something current, current events. He just talks something about his, uh, oh God. his, oh, his current, current events. Current that's events. fucking, I'm losing my shit. All right. Yeah. So we are going to do pit rather new age off the O Canada single from 1991. And this is a DOA cover off uh, their album, something better change from 1980 versus Ya little creep. Which is off the Nardwar, the Human Serviette presents Clam Chowder and Ice versus Big Macs and Bombers compilation. Oh, come on, I wrote that down. 1991. Oh, and just so that everyone's very clear on the liner notes, it is credited to No Means No, but it says as written by the Hanson Brothers. So I don't want no fucking guff Whoa. when I talk about how it's a Hanson Brothers song. So that's technically a, a cover too. That shit. It's not, is it? Well, oh, it's technically no cover, covering yes, a, it's a handsome brother song. Oh yeah. yeah! All right, so we're gonna splitting start off hairs, splitting hairs, splitting, splitting little hairs. hairs. We're gonna start off with new age. So uh, settle on back, grab your oil and crystals, and let's hear a little bit of this. I go first. <laughs> Clove cigarettes. So, you know, listen. Listen, Uh-oh. I'm not, No, I love it. Listen, the great song. Great song. Not going to shit on this. You I love it. start something out with listen, though. That's I know. not good. It's just I have a hard time <laughs> with the covers, right? I do. I just admit it. I have a hard time with the covers. I'm not. I love DOA in the sense of respecting them, but I was never a DOA fan. I just never was exposed to them, really, frankly. I never was. I know about them through No Means No because No Means No said they were such a big influence. They're fucking great. This song, the original of this, is fucking great. Mm-hmm. The the No Means No version, tight as fuck, and much like the O Canada version, very, very faithful. Mm-hmm. Almost down to the exact playtime. Andy's guitar solo is almost the exact guitar solo. John's drums are, well, they're better, but they're, you know, very much in the spirit of the DOA song. And I mean, once again, just like with O Canada, are you fucking kidding me with Andy's delivery? This guy, 
this fucking guy and his ability I, I know, I to know. sing a punk song like yeah. a goddamn masterclass. Mm-hmm. I just love it. And I mean, I'm not going to dive too far into what the song's about. Maybe Matthew will go further. But and again, it's because it's a cover. I, I don't. I don't, it feels weird to dive into the meaning of lyrics of a song that they didn't write. My interest is in the songs they wrote. But it's a very interesting song, especially when you consider it's written in 1980, which really was the time when that counterculture promise of the 60s and 70s was transforming into the Reagan era, where all that promise was fucking commodified and crushed. Yeah. And I think the new age, quote unquote, was was one of the main vectors of that. That's where that genuine interest in uh, what else was out there and maybe spirituality was broken down and commodified and flattened into pablum, complete pablum. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't just refer to new age as a new age spirituality. I think it's talking about both the promise of that previous era and its flattening and and ridiculousness right at 1980, which is not when it was at its peak, right? Like Reaganism was just starting, so they were seeing it. They were seeing Reagan, Thatcher, all these people start to crap on the promise of what had really been (laughs) a a reality-changing set of decades, right? I mean, absolutely upended fucking everything. And to see the promise of that shit on so heartily, uh, no wonder punk made these kind of songs, right? Like, Mm -hmm. of course, of course. I don't excuse these kind of songs as much now because I I like more nuance. But at this time, this was fucking powerful. This is powerful shit that Mm -hmm. is saying something important. Um, the original is really fucking good. The cover is really fucking tight. So this whole album, the O Canada single, fuck the playing is so good. And this is right after wrong, right? Or maybe a couple of years after wrong between wrong and zero plus two. So it's got that Rob bass tone that, you know, yes. same, same fucking setup, the guitar, everything. It's, it's just, it shreds. It's really fucking fun. Uh, a lot of fun to listen to for sure. Michelle, how about you? I drew a pair of googly eyes, and they're not boobs. They are <laughs> legit googly eyes. And oh man, what can you say about this? It's a wham bam. Thank you, man. Punk rock brunch festival, brunch <laughs> festival of epic proportions. And you've got the king of snot laying it down. Can you imagine being his kid and being told to go clean your room? You clean it. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Come on. God damn it. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, and I've got some misheard, misheard lyrics here. I hear nudist tie, but he's probably saying new this time. I don't know, but it sounds like nudist tie. I like that. The nudist guy is wearing a tie, and that's it. <laughs> okay, so I've seen DOA a few times since moving up around here, and once they were playing with MDC, and you can understand how so many were inspired by this band. And if you're lucky enough to see them nowadays, they still fucking kill it. And Joe is a punk rock god. Nice. The ending of this is just completely stellar. So clever and the perfect way to close this one. There is a hot loogie. Yes. And it's it's a hilarious touch and very fitting for this doozy. A doozy worthy of a loogie. Nice. That's right. Matthew. Um, it was also in hardcore, hardcore 81, I think, which is always the sort of first DOA album I think of when, yeah, uh, yeah. so, uh, I think they, yep. it was a popular song and there's always ones that they liked because it was on those first two releases, but I don't know DOA's history enough to know why they might've done that. Uh, or if there's a different version to be honest, but, um, wow. yeah, this is a, they absolutely faithful, uh, rendition. The solo is bang on, um, 
actually like the song. The breakdown is really um, kind of fun, and uh, you can really hear how DOA um, influenced a lot of other bands, like uh, more oh, pop punks totally. came on uh, came on yep. later. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, no, Andy does sort of a fair imitation of Joey Shithead, who is doing a fair in- imitation of the guy from Stiff Little Fingers. Um, <laughs> so it is. <laughs> A little bit of a kind of snottier sort of um, faux Britishness. And uh, there is a little bit of that uh, alive uh, that Andy does that is not. Uh, it's sort of a Johnny Rotteny kind of thing that he does with this voice uh-huh, uh-huh. that Joey does not do in the in the DOA version. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they don't really put on their, their own spin on it. Uh, and I don't, don't think that's the point. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's totally you know, their intention was to see how closely and faithfully they could... Uh, uh, serve up the song for us uh, the spit the loogie at the end is not in the original version either um <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i think the song is uh, is certainly about a, a transitional time maybe it was written at a transitional time coming out of the 70s and into the 80s um where yeah those the promise of the 60s was uh you know the people were pretty uh sick of that and um maybe thought it was pretty hollow um and maybe particularly vancouver um vancouver is not the capital of british columbia it's a major port it is you know economically important to my country um but mm-hmm. at the time uh you know it was uh hovering around a million people probably in uh, the late 70s um and uh it was uh the end beginning of the end of it being a resource town which is it, it has always been uh, now it's a shipping yeah, wait, of resources what kind of town? a resource town Re- resource yeah, resource town. Like so. Oh, I thought it, you said resource. This is where all the mills were. This is where, and that's where yeah, you know, yeah. young people would get their uh, work. And uh, I think a lot mm-hmm. of the the uh, the punk aesthetic from this uh, area, uh, it actually had a lot to do, in my opinion, like the Stormrider and uh, this is sort of like warm jacket and the jeans, and it's uh, not quite as uh, florid as uh, some of the other. Um, punk punk scenes and i think it's because it's come work comes from the working class um much much like grunge Mm -hmm. grunge fashion was uh Mm -hmm. worn because it was practical it was warm and and, uh you know there might be a little bit in like uh in common with uh, some disillusionment whereas uh, the punks got angry the um sort of more grunge guys just kind of got indifferent like uh two different styles Ah. of two two different styles of gen x um and huh. you know Vic, uh, vancouver um i'd say you know, right around this it's like the the resources started to change the money started to come in um Victor- vancouver became more and more um i guess sort of economically important internationally known um money came in in 1986 for the world expo um mm-hmm. money came in in 1999 when hong kong went back to china and a whole bunch of money came in then and and in between time and then uh 2010 in the olympics so there's all this there's so much polarity of wealth in this town. Um, mm. And there's been a, a lot of real decay of, uh, of the scene and, you know, new scenes spring up and everything like that. And I'm happy to see, I'm working with some younger people these days who are somehow finding space and, uh, you know, energy to play uh, in, you know, despite the fact that there, nobody has garages to play in anymore and that sort of stuff. So, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can sort of see that uh, these guys are talking about new age, um, that, you know, the promise of the future doesn't hold anything for them. There's all this money coming in. There's all this shiny new shit and they're not interested in it because it's not for them. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so, you know, there might be, uh, well, probably is given it's a uh, DOA talking, um, 
Joe Keithley, Joey Shithead. He's now a, a Burnaby City Councilor. Um, so you know, he sort of <laughs> yeah, joins nice. and tried to grab the reins as much as he can. He's always sort of put the his green party, right? money where his mouth is. he in. on the Green Party? I don't know about municipal politics. I don't know how party-based oh, okay. it is I'm in Burnaby. I, I should his, know that, but his, I don't. Um, uh, whatever. I think I saw one of his posters once. Yeah, yeah, but it's a song about how you just like not going to believe that promise of the future not going to believe those uh those empty empty promises and uh we're just gonna get angry about it and keep going um yeah cynical but also like you're gonna take um take what you can yeah mm-hmm. yeah know. um great song uh but uh, yeah the uh, no means no doesn't really put their own stink on it quite so much so uh, it is a an honoring of the original to not really their uh, their own take at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's interesting, right? It's it's so. I mean, no, uh, no means no defies genre, but it's so close in a sense to their genre that it would be hard to put their own stink on it. It's one thing when they're going to yeah, do the uh, residents, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. which is so fucking different, or the mm-hmm. song that we haven't done yet, the Neil Young. That's so fucking different. Of course, they have to put their own stink on it. But with something mm-hmm. like this, it would be really weird and artificial to try to put your own stink on it, right? So. Yeah, I don't know. It's but it's fucking great. Wasn't that the wasn't DOA the band that the guys saw and they're yeah. like, We're gotta be in a fucking band. Exactly. Just, That's I'm, the, I'm smelling what they're cooking. I'm 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 betting we're gonna get to get a lot more detail about that in the book, which I am just right. fucking sure. salivating for. Yeah. So And yeah, Jason, I mean they're play a lot of the same shows. They're uh, probably yeah. mm-hmm. friends or at least uh, well wishers. And I think John might have mm-hmm. actually been in No Means Snow when this was recorded. Uh, he was oh. for he was for a time. Um, uh-huh. He was in DOA. Oh, you mean DOA? Yeah, 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 Sorry, yeah. yeah, DOA. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, he was in the black spot, but that was a later on thing. Ninety-two, I think. All over the black spot. Maybe no, I don't know. Wasn't that, that was for? That was like a. I don't know. Ford Pierce said it was like a. a infamous scientist kind of thing where everybody no. just got together. I don't know. I think it was for. A, a celebration of Ken. This is this is what the genius uh, the, and the difference between our podcast and the book is going to be. The book is going to be so fucking detailed Accurate. about all that shit. <laughs> yeah. And we're just like, well, I think maybe it was. Well, well, well. Well. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the second uh, challenger in this first mighty matchup. We've got Ya Little Creep again yes. from the. Narwar the Human Servette presents Clam Chowder and Ice versus Big Macs and Bombers 1991. So I want everybody to sit down, put on your big fat mascara, get them smelly feet out. Listen to this shit. They'd put you to sleep
All right. So, the little poop, I start first. Um, yeah, I mean, so I'm going to go back to the title. call at the beginning. It says... I, I need to talk about this for just a moment. It is just, a weird just title. A moment. Just a moment. It's a weird... Like, Clam sure, sure. Nice versus Big Macs and Bombers. Okay, Big, Big Macs and Bombers <laughs> representing... It's like a Canadian bands on one side, American bands on the other side. Um, and Nordware sort of put these together. But what the fuck? I mean, okay, Big Macs, maybe. That is a symbol of America. Bombers, sure. Sure, sure. And ice, Bombers. Yeah, yeah, but Clam Chowder and Ice. Chowder? And ice, maybe. When I think of Clam Chowder, I think <laughs> of fucking... That's uh, New England. Ma- Massachusetts, yeah. It's yeah. like... Uh, yeah, it's New England. No there are things no like... It's Nardwar. How about maple syrup? Like, beavers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so simple yeah, that might know. be a little more indicative know. of Canada. But anyway, sorry. No idea. No well, you're going to have to no, that's right. It's a good question. So, and, and again, as I mentioned in the beginning, it says right there on the fucking liner notes, this is clearly, if you haven't heard it before, and if you haven't heard it, go hear it, listen to it. It's on YouTube. Uh, this is a Hanson Brothers song, right? Now, I think it's probably, in my mind, one of the most Hanson-y Brothers songs that Andy actually played on. Mm-hmm. Because after, like, most of what we know as the Hanson Brothers was post-Andy era in terms of recordings. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is like the most definitive Andy era Hanson Brothers release. I'm not going to put, uh, you know, Ono oh Bruno on there. I think that's kind of Hansony, but that's also fucking no means no to the core. That's so yeah. indicative of their oh, core yeah. style. So I'm not going to go there. I really think this is probably one of the only examples of actual. I mean, he actually Andy himself said that Dead Souls. Uh, was uh, was a Hansony Brothers song, which I don't fucking get that at all. This one I get. This one sounds like a Hanson yeah, Brothers yeah. song DNA, top to fucking bottom. Uh, lyrics, music, everything. It's, I don't think anyone yeah, would call it Dead Souls rump shaking. It's and I actually, <laughs> when you listen to the when you listen to the lyrics of this song, first of all, I want to, um, you know, kudos to whoever made the attempt to put the lyrics out there. But you know, Matthew and I love to roast people in their mistakes for putting lyrics out. And there's one site that put the lyrics out to your little creep. And then it got copied everywhere. I don't know which came first and they just fucked up some real shit. So the, (laughs) it was probably me. (laughs) So one, one of the lyrics that they put on the site says you're high on life, but you're sick all day. No, no, no. You're high all night, but you're sick all day. Come on. Give me a fucking break. And then, and those eyes you ash. No, 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 no. Those rags you wear. Come on, yeah. that's not that hard. Very strange. And I want to make you up. Are you fucking kidding me? Fucking. It's make I want to up? make you laugh. I want to make you laugh. It's not that hard, folks. This one's not hard. I don't get I the don't mistakes know. in maybe this one. But in any event, in any event, the overall the overall feeling of the song, I actually, I could be completely wrong on this, but I think this song, song's kind of fucking sweet because it's like, they're just, it's this person who's describing someone who's absolutely irascible. They fucking smell. Yeah. They don't give a shit about anything. They're dumb. They've got punk hair all over the place. They just are fucking a complete what we would normally call loser. And yet the guy wants to take him home. But it just sounds like more than just take him home and fuck him, which just kind of wants to be with him, right? Like, I don't know. I can look at this two ways. I want to I want to think that it's kind of a sweet Hansony brothers like I don't care how fucked up you are or stupid people think you are. I still I think know, you're fucking B-O. hot. I don't know. I mean, I don't care about uh, smelly B-O. feet, no, all that I, shit. I don't care. No, no. no every, every, feet. Everybody deserves to be brought home and fucked, I guess. Uh, I don't know. No, they I don't. don't. Know. I don't know. No, it could also don't. be a great skewer <laughs> on the punk scene, right? Like everything they're kind of talking about is that, you know, flop house sort of like 
I don't know, a, a much more Hanson-y brothers of a little too high, sort of like that, those kind of folks uh, who are just <laughs> like living in the flop house, not able to take care <clears throat> of themselves at all. A punk house, right? Yep. Um, really feels like of that kind of era and skewering that kind of scene. Um, but there's a part of me that wants to feel like this is kind of a sweet song in its own weird, fucked up Hanson-y brothers way, right? Like uh, in a sort of ironic, non-ironic or, or ironic yet earnest sort of way. I, I really like it. I think the music, you know, it's not super complicated, but it's fun as fuck in the way that the Hanson brothers is. They play this kind of straightforward punk tighter and harder than almost mm-hmm. anybody when they're mm-hmm. playing it. It's yep. great to hear Andy sing a Hanson oh, brothers man. song again. I fucking love it. Here's two Andy songs back to back to the, what a great pairing this is. What a great weird pairing Two really rare tracks. that A lot of you may have not even heard before. I do want to roast a little bit. And that's not fair, but I just think it's weird. I, on the YouTube comments for this, someone described this as their favorite. No means no song. Yeah. I saw that. Hmm. And I think I saw that too. I just, I just don't know. I mean, it's good. I don't want to yuck your yum. That's great. I, I can't live in that world, but I don't want to yuck your yum. That's great. I'm glad you love it. <laughs> I don't want to I do yuck like your it. yum. I do like it, but I think I've been very clear. The Hanson Brothers side of thing is not my, is not, it's not, I won't say my favorite. That's not fair, but uh, I don't, uh, it doesn't cut to my guts as much as the No Means No side. Right. So I really enjoy this song. I really think the lyrics are fucking clever in their simplicity and mm-hmm. the way that Andy just fucking nails it right yeah. through. Uh, I think the the music is tight as fuck. I think it's uh, performative in the best sort of way as the as an early Hanson Brothers song, uh, as a proto Hanson Brothers song. I think it's uh, fantastic and a great one to put up against um, New Age. I think it's a great pairing. Yeah. So that's what I got. Michelle, what do you got? Uh, they played this on a John Peel session. Yeah. Holy fuck, I did John not realize that. John Peel session, May 17th, 1988. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I was, a, I was still a senior in high school, and wow. why couldn't I have lived in England at the time? Crazy. Well, this is a, quote, simple song, it's all in the attitude of how it's played and especially sung. Just like you were talking about, Jordan, with the delivery and the snottiness. Oh, man. In the Peel recording, I somewhat like the reverb on it but it seems a bit excessive that's what i listened to when i did my oh in the peel session okay yeah uh yeah so so in my humble opinion in the peel session it could have been backed off a bit i always like reverb on john's drums I, i i i think it sounds great but there's too much on the vocals this very much to me sounds like a sex pistol song and i know they were quite inspired by that band and who was it i like the line you've got let me see if I can get it. You've got greasy hair. You've got smelly feet. And I love this part. And a tattooed heart that says trick or treat. Yep. That's I so mean, fucking I know, good. I, I know it's simple, but it's kind of cool. It's so great. Like a tattoo that says trick or treat on your heart that says trick or treat. That's yeah. fucking clever, man. I took some time to find out, find out where the song is from. And you mentioned it earlier. And I went down the Nard War rabbit hole with the release. And it's called, what is it called? The International Clash of the Century. Clam Chowder Ice versus Big Mac Bombers, a Canada versus USA Battle of the Bands compilation record. And you could do a, p- a podcast about Nardwar, couldn't you? Somebody should. Anyways, you little creep, sneery punk rock attitude at a thousand percent. Nice. Yeah. That's you. 
Yeah, I, I I love this song. I used to uh, look forward to playing it on my radio show, um, oh, just because it's so. Um, yeah, it's it's great to hear Andy. It must have been one of the last things that Andy recorded with the band, um, and oh. it's just so funny. Um, and his delivery. I mean, this sort of has every aspect of, yeah. of and he's brilliance as a punk rock singer i mean <laughs> he goes um from this his snotty reedy sneer that we're familiar with to like he actually drops his glottis um yeah you got smelly yeah. feet <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> fantastic is that what a dropped glottis sounds like yeah john um, do- rob does it oh all my the time god. oh my god the little bit glottis. of yeah no i, I like that because yeah. Andy sounds really good when he does the drop let's, glottis. Let's tag that as an episode title. I like drop glottis. Drop glottis. <laughs> Do it. Write it down. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Drop glottis. It's a good band name, too. It is. I was thinking yeah. that, too. What a fucking band name. Wow. So, yeah, this uh, song is about, um, I think it is about the punk scene. Uh, maybe in Victoria, it's a small scene. I think any... Um, change even if, if somebody knew everybody's paying attention if somebody even they change their style also everybody's probably paying attention uh negative wow. or positive um but yeah it's a sort of punk rock inversion of what's attractive the grosser the better um yeah yeah i mean uh this back and forth between attraction and revulsion and maybe it's the same thing <laughs> yeah i am revolted yeah, right. by you therefore i'm attracted to you therefore i'm attracted <laughs> yeah the grosser, um, the better. Yeah. So it, it is uh, maybe so an admiration to somebody who doesn't give a shit, too. Um, who yeah. knows? Some of these things. Oh, yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is uh, the extreme giving a shit uh, of uh, somebody who doesn't give a shit. I don't know. Yeah, um, nice. That uh, line, uh, tattooed it's heart that says class. trick or treat, I kind of wonder whether that's someone specific. That was someone specific's tattoo. Because it seems so specific. Oh. It sounds pretty specific. Yeah. So maybe they're talking about somebody it's in all, particular. But, it's all, but it also kind of sounds like the pumpkin spice of the punk scene. Like that's the kind of tattoo that you'd see like <laughs> on a thousand punk chicks. <laughs> right? So it struck me as something that's like, you know, that's a, you could say that and be like, oh, fucking punk chick. Yeah, I got that. Trick or treat oh. heart. You know, it's like a little tramp stamp or something. I don't know. But then again, um. Lisa and I, they, we were listening to this in the car, and uh, she's like, "Yeah, it's 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 interesting, sort of gender bending stuff. It sounds like a man singing to a man to her. That's what she thought. Um, oh, interesting. Because uh, oh. a lot of these things, and uh, the clincher, and I think she's right, is uh, uh, your mother was a whore and your father was a pimp. So don't put me on, you little wimp. How often is a woman called a wimp? Not often. It's usually that's something true. How often do women have smelly feet? Not a lot, right? Ladies? Hey! Also true. <laughs> crust, crust punk chicks. I don't know. Um, you don't know uh, Quebecois punk. Crust uh, punk. There my you go. feet don't smell. So meh. So you say. So you say. Maybe I'm gonna drop my glottis. Fucking, it's so hot here. Everything smells for me oh, today. Oh no, it's just honey, I'm sorry. That's all right. I just yeah. am not liking the whiffs I'm catching. Oh, no. I am no. your little creep today. Oh no. But I gotta say, with the intro to this song, and then all the music stops. If you were a dog, they'd put you to sleep. Put like you to sleep. One of the best vocal intros <laughs> I think of any no means no song. So Even though it's not a very it's well so known one. Fucking brutal. Yeah. It's so fantastic. So brutal. Fuck. And then, uh, yeah, the the other one, the other line, which I've already said, uh, when they stopped the music, your mother was a whore and your father was a pimp. I mean, these are just like so <laughs> negative. <laughs> and um, 
you know, saying these so things with such passion, fuck. but uh, singing about how attracted he is to this individual, whether they are male or female, doesn't think I don't think it yeah. matters. Um, and uh, no, yeah, um, I love the baseline. Um, I love how the baseline sort of switches between yeah. um, strumming and uh, the distortion turns on and off, and it's actually quite different um, depending on where it is in the song, and uh, still sounds like yeah rob for sure but um yeah anyway. rob super uh fantastic um fun song and because it's so good it is among my favorite no means no songs even though it doesn't really sound all that much like a no means no song <laughs> wow wow so you wrote that uh fucking youtube comment i got gotcha. you gotcha yeah, so here's my embarrassment i am it's been two weeks since I heard this song for the first time. Really? I'd never heard this song before, ever. Oh, so my God. So this was all brand new to me, yeah. I never don't know where I heard it. it, but it wasn't two weeks ago. Nope, I never I never heard it, so it's brand new to me. So it can't, huh. it can't be high in my pantheon for, well, for many reasons, but that's the, the primary. But what a fucking banger. Great it's a, song. It's a good song. And historically important, as I think the first real recorded Hanson Brothers kind of attributed song that I can yeah. think of. Fucking great. All right. Well, now's the time to vote between these two songs. And I, I like this vote because these are like, it's not, these are two songs kind of of a, of a good pair, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, mm-hmm. I don't know. I am going to vote for, I go first here. I'm going to vote for you little creep. First of all, I think it's uh, first of all, because it's their song and not a cover. Co- I mean, it's kind of a cover, but not really. Um, and I think it's more interesting of that regard. I like Andy's delivery a whole fucking lot. Um, I just think it's a great, 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 great song. I love the shit out of it. So for sure, even though Andy's guitar solo in New Age is fucking shreds as hell, it's yeah. also a mimic of another guitar solo. So it's not really his. It's a good copy or homage, rather, homage. of another one. Fair, so fair, sorry, fair, that's a go. long way to say, you little creep. Uh, Michelle. All right, I'll make up for your longness and give you my shortness. I'm voting for the creep too. I I, I had a hard time picking between these two though. Yeah, yeah, wasn't this easy. This was uh, this was same kind of stuff, and you got to pick the one that's better. But I am gonna go with your little creep. Matt, too. Which nostril are you picking? Oh yeah, your little creep, absolutely. And I got to. I mean, we made Woo-hoo! fun of the, the lyrics, people. Um, the song's name is Yeah, Little Creep. Y-A. <laughs> it's spelled Y-A. It's Y-O-U yeah. all over the internet, which is wrong. Yeah, fuck that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, little creep. One that I didn't catch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. Yep. snotty. Yep. It even says so on the liner notes. Fucking yeah. piece of shits. Anyways, but Whoa. thank you. Thank you. Actually, let me back up. If for some reason whoever translated those is on there, you did the work that I never did. So good Good on you. So, you know. But at least get this title right. Uh oh! Oh God! So we wow. are now going to move into our first of three listener submission breaks, and Ooh. this one's going to be double stuff. We're going to start with one that's red. I'm going to read this from Jan Twasig. Pardon me, Jan, if I'm mangling that. I did since this was a written submission, I did not have anything to go off of in terms of an actual pronunciation. So my apologies. And then we're going to listen to Davy B. But first, I'm going to go ahead and read Jan's submission. All right. After binge listening to 30 plus episodes of your podcast, you guys finally <laughs> amped my feelings of guilt up high enough to oh. share a bit here. Oh I'm God. a little late to the game. Hopefully I started listening to the podcast a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not sure if you're still interested in this kind of shit 
Yes. We are, Jan. We are. If you are, uh, oh, wait, he gives me pronunciation later, so I'm fucked up. If you are, <laughs> here's a little info about myself. Born in 73 in Frankfurt, Germany. My name mm. is Yun, pronounced Yun. He tells me, and I fucked it up. Not as in short for Janice or something. Oh, and also, I'm a boy. Been into No Means No since the late 80s, but there's no real origin story here, I'm afraid. I do remember hearing them for the first time. It was now at the disco. And then there was rags and bones all over the place. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, that must be Germany. What the fuck? How the fuck is that all over the place? I know, I know, not the right chronology, but hey, this is how I remember it. My first very own No Means No album was Mr. Happy. And boy, was I blown away. The bass in Machine, and particularly in The River, it just stuck into my brain. And Rob singing? Ugh. In 1993, Germany, this then 19-year-old shit metalhead knew some English, but not too much. Tapped into this world sonically. Just the music, just the sound, just the voice. That voice, man. And that bass. What can I say that you or any listener doesn't already know and experience themselves? Anyway. My first album was already post-Andy, so in my world, Rob's the singer in No Means No, and bass is their main instrument. I saw them the first time in early 1990s on the Double double Drummers Tour, but I'm afraid that is about the only memory I have. Whoa, dude, two drummers. I was lucky (laughs) enough to see them a bunch of times since then, at least three, maybe even four consecutive years in their later period, and I specifically remember thinking, I don't get tired of this. If they show up tomorrow, I'll be there. And again, and again, and again, to not at all, sigh. (laughs) Standing in the front row right in front of John's kit, completely in awe of that musicianship and the sheer joy of him and Rob and Tom performing, I do remember this trance-like state so vividly. Mm -hmm. That is all I have from a personal point of view, I'm afraid. No stories about getting the band to stay over at my place or getting drunk or high with them or waking up (laughs) on my sister's pink bedroom. I didn't even talk to any of them. Man, I don't even have a sister. (laughs) What I do have is a really hard time accepting the fact that they are not an active band anymore and that they left and that they left so little trace apart from their oeuvre, obviously. But as you know, A dead website, no blogs, very few interviews, a couple of live clips here and there, and a book that seems to be a bit shitty based on the reviews on Amazon. This is not Jason's book. This is that other book, by the way. That was a side. And then I stumbled across your podcast. I take deep comfort in the fact that I am not alone in missing them. So, you know, fucking thank you for different reasons. I should add I'm not on Facebook anymore because to me it just turned out to be a colossal time-wasting machine. As of now, I couldn't bring myself to join the No Means No group. As I said, my first personal album was Mr. Happy. Of course, I know and appreciate the early stuff, but listening to your podcast gave me a a whole new level of attention to that part of their music for the first time, really. Details, production, and most of all, fucking lyrics, man. you got to remember, Germany, Sprechergen country. Non-English speaker. I I fucked that up. I did get the fact that their lyrics matter. I knew they were kind of deep. I got all the... Yeah. I did get all the words, but did not get the meaning. But listening to you guys dissecting the lyrics reveal the fact that they have... (laughs) I got all the words, but not the meaning. But listening to you guys dissecting the lyrics reveal the fact that they have to be understood as poetry 
and put them in relation to the music it fucking self makes me appreciate the band even more. So, you know, thank you. Fun fact, though, I disagree with almost every single one of your votes. I guess there's also a little infor- right. inferiority complex here. Like, oh, all right, a native, sh- native speaker, sure, it gets all the text layers automatically. So listening to you talking about different approaches to the words and offering different ways of exegesis and witnessing that you actually don't have the answer, just like myself, made me read and listen and enjoy the whole catalog all over again. Wow. Or to be honest, for the first time for real. <gasps> After all those decades, man. Whoa. All right. That was Yoon. What a Holy submission. Crap. And again, I want to just, I just want to say like the highest fucking compliment we've been paid by multiple people. It's not how great the podcast is. It's that the podcast has spurned them to listen more deeply to the band. That just yep. makes me yep. so yeah. fucking happy. Makes something you, nothing that else. you like already so much. We made you yeah. like it more. And that's, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, us three too, right? Like, yeah. come on! Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I have there's there's shit I appreciate in this music that I never did before. Even though yeah. I'm obsessive about this band, like no other. Mm-hmm. So, Yoon, yeah. thank you. Yes, and now thank you, Yoon. the three of us, before we enter round two, are going to listen to Davy B and his origin story. Any second now. <laughs> Hey guys, well, here I am. You may know my name from the two awesome Facebook groups. Uh, of course, the podcast one, and uh, we're so right, we're wrong. I'm uh, Davey B. That's actually how you pronounce it. Uh, so let that echo in your head next time you see me post something. I was also in No Means Whatever under a different name way back, but not all that active there. Huh. I've been kicking myself for not sending in one of these ever since you guys got started, but all along I knew my origin story was kind of short and kind of something that I'm not extremely proud of. But here we go. Uh, A little about me first. I grew up in kind of like a storybook family. There's no problems in it. We weren't poor. I wouldn't say we were rich either. Uh, I definitely never had to beg for change or anything like that. I was born in 76, and as I got toward my teen years, uh, I became something of a skater kid. Back then, we'd wear way oversized baggy jeans, and the only way that they'd stay on is a pretty hefty belt. (laughs) Around this time, I picked up a terrible habit, thieving in uh, record stores. And those baggy pants really helped me score those five-finger discounts. (laughs) Oh, no! I had it really figured out. And hopefully the only one that got hurt was the Monster Corporation that I was teething these things from. I do stress that it was not a Ma and Pa shop, at least, if that's any saving grace. But anyway, that's the part I'm not so proud of. Oh. Anyway, to rewind a little bit, I was really getting into punk rock around this time. Largely what I guess people call the second wave stuff. Uh, Ramones, Dead Kennedys, Descendants, Misfits, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Another band that I got into around that time was another Victoria band, the Deglo Abortions. Mm -hmm. Actually, a little tidbit for you guys that someone can fact check. I'm pretty sure John produced the Deglo's album Two Dogs Fucking, but that's not part of my origin story. (laughs) 
Anyway, the Dayglows were on a Canadian label called Fringe Product, and as a guy getting into punk, I joined their mailing list. That might not fit well with some people's definitions of punk, but fuck them. Right, Jordan? <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> Fringe Product also had some form of uh, distribution rights, along with alternative tentacles for The Sky is Falling and I Want My Mommy. So it was in the Fringe product catalog that I first saw the band name No Means No, and by then I'd figured out who Jello was. Yeah. I was only 14. Oh, man. So one day, while doing my punk-ass thefts, I saw 0 plus 2 <laughs> equals 1 on the shelf. Oh, no. I saw that album cover. Like, what oh, the shit. fuck is this? Oh, a no. door and a headless dude. There was no other album cover anything like that. So swipe. <gasps> I remember sitting in the back seat in the car ride home that day, popping it into my Walkman. It wasn't one of those yellow Sony sports ones, but <laughs> something similar from that era. I still remember vividly those first few notes. And then the singing of the first verse and thinking, uh, violent femmes-ish maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but then once Rob's voice comes... It was really clear that this was something different, and I was absolutely hooked. Here I am, roughly 30 years later. I'm not a 14-year-old rascal anymore, but I'm listening to every word they pump out, every note they pump out, and, of course, every boom, bap, tick 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 <laughs> Zero plus two equals one remains one of my favorite albums, but how does one fucking decide even that? Sometimes my favorite album is Mr. Happy. Sometimes it's Small Parts, Wrong, Worldhood. My hat's off to you guys for even trying to do this because I'm only talking about albums here. Picking a song would be, well, fuck, you'd need a podcast and the right people <laughs> to do it. So that's it for me. You guys fucking rock, and I have loved every episode. Thanks very much. Davey, thank you for that. Yes. You, you know you've been a very bad boy stealing. But you admitted it, so everything's okay. And I'm sure it was a Tower Records or some other bullshit they had in Canada. You also didn't say where you were from. A Sam the Record Band or an a and Records and Tapes, I would say. There you go. HMV? There you go. Did you have HMV in there, man? Not till later, not when he was stealing. You must have. At least not where I was. Not not in this. Oh, okay. Part. We didn't get HMV until later. <laughs> yeah. Or a discus. I think been for a discus. me, because it was... Oh... We had for me when because it was college, it was Tower Records at Stonestown Mall by San Francisco State University. That's where I first saw Wrong and a bunch of their shit. That's where I yeah. bought most of their stuff. Until then, I moved off campus, and then it was all Rasputin Records on Hate. That's where I got Mister Happy and a bunch of other. How cool are you? I'm fucking OG, yo. <laughs> all right, OG. so uh, thank you to both Yoon and Davey. We're gonna hear some more listener submissions coming up. But first, we're going to do round two of our big bonus three round episode, yo. Yeah. This episode, not episode, pardon me. Billions. This round pits, holy shit, this song. This song Uh pits the rape off of Dance of the Headless Bourgeoisie, 1998, versus Black Silhouette, which is an unreleased Ausfart outtake from 2000. And six. All roads lead to outtake. So we are going to start with, we're going to start with the rape. So please get out your list of problematic talking points. Yeah. And listen to this. 
I walk around like a zombie or a clown My feet are yellow clay My head is talking all the time Every minute, every second of the day It reeks, my face is lined I have no time, my lips are dry They're red, my eyes, my palms are wet I can't forget, I can't forget Matthew, you get to go first, and I really, really cannot wait to say, here, brother, what you have to say about this song. So go ahead, sir. I hope you feel the same way about me. The want both of you. title of you is going to make people's knees jerk, I think. And uh, I hadn't actually really delved into the lyrics myself until I'm like, well, maybe it is about that. It's obviously the surface layer. Um you know, she cheats me, she cheats me, I know it, she cheats me, she, etc. You know, the rape, this is the... Um, they say it so much that I think it becomes kind of meaningless. And uh, I don't know that it has much to do with the physical act of rape as, it, as much as... Um, there's so many clues in this uh, that it is that typical no means no uh, inner duality. Um, that I, th- I think that this song is uh, is about um, the biggest clue for me is so let me find a lyric here <clears throat> um, always just we two bloody red and thoughtful blue I, th- I think that's um, that's Sl- Slade and Bob again um, is the uh, the two sides <laughs> and that um, all the beginning of this I've been sentenced to all the things I had to do and a naked image grew out of my hands um, Always just we two, the hunter, and pursued. Uh, I can see the glow Mm. begin to fade. I think it's about idealization and um, expectation and how, um, you know, you build build this uh, naked image uh, and then you fill it uh, with all sorts of detail that uh, can never be accurate. And then, um, I don't know, it's somebody's fantasy, somebody's... um, uh, inner conflict, um, maybe their desire to be a better person, or somebody who fits in, or somebody who follows the rules, and then always there's this sort of snarling animal at the back of the cave that's going to leap out and um, cause problems. Um, and yeah, I don't know from a from neuroscience point of view. I mean, he's talking about my left leg is numb. I can't feel my tongue. Um, my right side is dead. I can't feel my head. 
uh, you know, can't not uh, me as someone with a neuroscience background think about uh, stroke and um, stroke, you yep, know, sighted, yep. sighted blindnesses and that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, split personality, um, that sort of that sort of thing. Um, when the right side is dead. Um, your right side of your brain is responsible for all your creativity and artis- artistic views of things. Ooh. And so maybe it is uh, the point at which your fantasies uh, lose their luster and you cannot imagine Jesus. idealization anymore. You can't, um, you know, the, the color goes out of things. And, um, you know, maybe Some that's... deep writing, man. Holy maybe shit. that's the rape is... Um, you're constantly going back and reevaluating these these expectations, these fantasies, these goals, and never achieving them, and um, maybe even um, raping them yourself, self sabotage, uh, never achieving your own heights because of limitations you place on yourself. Um, so I don't know. This I, is I, a bummer. I really wanted to find. <laughs> Some interpretation that wasn't just about physical rape, because that's you know I I, I just don't think that despite the name of the band uh, being an anti-rape slogan uh, that they would write a song about rape somehow. I mean they do right, right. and they refer to sexual violence, um, but I don't think that that's what this song is about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know now we have you. This is fun from yourself. You cannot run. Sing for us that serenade. What it's like to be afraid. Like to be afraid. Oh, so many fantastic um, l- lyrics in here. Um, at that point in the song, if you listen carefully, and I, I hadn't listened with my, my good headphones again, there's multiple voices. There is a higher-pitched voice um, sort of in the background. I'm not sure whether it's Tom or it's a pitched-up Rob, um, but there are various <laughs> Robs, and they actually uh, emanate from different places in the left-to-right sound field. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's all these internal voices that they're doing from a production standpoint, which is just uh, fascinating and kind of yeah. creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, walk around like a zombie or a clown. I mean, you, so many people find a clown super ominous, but you know, a zombie is. Um, r- it's a very very fine line. It's a dead thing rendered down to nothing but <laughs> hunger, right? And the clown is. Um, is is just a mask, you know, masking. I don't like clowns. No, I don't either. But uh, it, it's a mask, and it's always representing something on the surface that may is unlikely to be what's uh, what's underneath. Um, and then my feet are yellow clay. That I think is a reference to the the um, the expression "feet of clay," uh, which means. Um, how to say it. it's like it's, it's a fundamental flaw it is uh, not an achilles heel exactly but somebody that you admire and some flaw in them that uh, might not be evident and it's from i looked this up this part of it um it's from the bible uh it is from a, the dream of nebuchadnezzar and it is uh, a, a statue a, a very very imposing statue the head is made of gold and as you go down it's made of cheaper and shoddier materials until you get to the feet, which is made of clay and oh, iron. No. So it's that support that underneath it crumbles under the weight oh, of the rest wow. of it. So what? I think that's a, wow. good, a good part of uh, 
what the song might be about. It's like you're setting up these images, you're setting up this appearance, you're setting up this Potemkin village uh, where there's there's really just nothing supporting it. Um, and uh, his talks about his obsession, you know, um, then his weakness. His head is talking whilst he's obsessive. His knees are weak. His breath is weak. His face is lined. So his uh, reference to getting older, um, mm-hmm. have no time. And then uh, I can't forget. I can't forget. And interestingly, that same refrain, repeated, I can't forget, comes up in Black Silhouette. And I'm interested. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to. Oh. Talking about that as well because I think the songs came out around, um, maybe around the same time. Maybe he was thinking oh. of similar things. Oh wow! The Black Silhouette was like ten years later, though. When it was released, but when was it recorded? Ausfart. It was, was an Ausfart song that never got put on Ausfart. Yeah. Okay. So 2006. Well, okay. Anyway, maybe it well, was. Well, they an can't older forget thing, about but, you know, stuff. Not super distant. It's a good line. Good not line. as distant as some of the other things, but for sure, absolutely. No, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see what else I've got here. Probably not a lot. I mean, I love how the guitar follows the vocals, which doesn't happen in a lot of No Means No songs. Um, exactly. Yep. That's yep. pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And just that it's again really um, there's some contrast. The beginning is just a torrent. It's very almost like metal. It's very very ominous sounding. Um, and when he's screaming the rape, obviously that same sort of thunderous, like uh, very, very fluid storm, like uh, musical uh, part is repeated, but then um, there's almost kind of a groove to when he, uh, the, uh, the, the verses like the, uh, I realize that all my chains tears have dried. They seem a little lighter um, or at least a little, less intense than the rest of it and so maybe it's yeah, like uh-huh. introspective almost right? introspective yeah. yeah yeah that's a good word yeah. um and one other thing i noticed this naked image grew out of my hands comes up again the naked image grew and stood before my eyes i'm afraid there's nothing left to say i can see you turn and walk away so um i i think maybe that's a a reflection that's a um again an expectation and um he's never going to achieve this idealization or idealized um I, well, I, idea <laughs> idealized <laughs> idea that uh, that he has um and there's some great piano uh in drops yeah, in here great and there. keyboards just, yeah great keyboards really really subtle just sort of like single notes here and there um mm-hmm. kind of a fantastic song um I could talk about this one a lot more, um, but I'm not gonna. Oh, I can't well, forget you, you, at the end when you he sang um, the guitar hit in uh, I Can't Forget. Um, there's a interesting rhythmic thing where they're sort of like interlocking um, in the opposite rhythm and then um, yeah. switching around and going in time. Uh, oh, yeah. like stagnated, you mean? And then they then they go in unison? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, a little about bit, yeah. Part? They shift around. But, yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't have the terminology to talk about it, but uh, I could probably play it on the drums. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Amazing. Um, a lot of a lot of questions, a lot more thinking that I need to do probably about this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Jeez. 
All right, Michelle, I am also looking forward to what you have with that song because it's no, slippery. No, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. I'm no, no, kidding. no. Let me no, tell no, you, I have in my notes, literally, as slippery as this song is lyrically, I find it as slippery and brilliant musically. Mm-hmm. So I have as many questions about some of the as of the musicality as I do about the lyrics. So I really want to hear what you have to say about it too. Well, I, I, oh, I, 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 I have one, one more thing to it. say. I forgot to say. Oh, remember? No, yeah, say yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it in. She, 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 she cheats me. Yeah. I thought of this the other Change. day when a different song David with. Ch- 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 can you think of another song where they go? Ch- 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 David Bowie. Ch- oh, ch- yeah. Changes. Ch- 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 changes. Cherry bomb. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cherry bomb. Nice. Nice. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, bang, bang. All right, Michelle, what do you got? You're up. Did I just embarrass myself with a chitty, No, I love chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, bang, bang. We love you. I know. And remember those, uh, what was that one? Escape to Witch Mountain? You remember that mm-hmm. shit? Fucking oh that shit's God. freaking yeah. out when I was a kid. Yeah. Bed knobs and broomsticks? That All right, I'm going to get back the on Disney the Disney Dark matter. Period. I know. <laughs> that, that was good stuff. Fuck that happy shit. Exactly. Speaking of, <laughs> okay, the beginning of this song, how sick is this? Fucking oh my God, hell. the beginning. Yeah. Jesus. This is another fine example of some deeply layered music with all three, all three of them playing the same part. The guitar is doubling the bass, and even the drums is joining in on the theme, and it produces a thunderous sound that's quite enticing. While the verses don't jack my shit, what does is the colossal bridge and chorus. And you you were talking about it earlier, Matthew. My left leg is numb, and it goes into I can't feel my tongue. And I had to look up what Rob was saying. I didn't know. I, I couldn't tell what he was saying. She she cheats me. I, I couldn't tell what he said, so I had to look it up. And found out he's saying she cheats me. And I know it, which leads to the, this is the rape. Jesus Christ on a bike with all of that. And John slams on the China symbol. The, the China symbol in the song, it's just, it's fucking sick. If fucking you don't have sick. a set of googly eyes during this, you might be a little too high. Exactly. You might be dead. Fuck. You might Fuck. be a little too high. John does this deep, low harmonizing. And maybe you were talking about that, Matthew. There's some low harmonizing, and I swear it's John's voice, with Rob and Tom on the I'm afraid there's nothing left to say. Have you heard that? Like deep, low harmonizing. I think it's John, and he's he's harmonizing to the vocals and the effects of the guitar and stuff. Anyways, it's just thrilling. The king of this whole piece, though, is Robert's. With a delivery you can't forget. Yes, Rob. so good, so Fucking good. Fucking Rob, yeah. man. No. Oh. All right, Are you, that's you, my you, thing. You done? All right. Me, um, yeah. So I, I I'm, I, I've been waiting for this song for a long time and dreading it in a sense because I love this song. This is one of my favorites off of House Fart. It's also one of their songs, which is sort of rare for me, admittedly, that I really do not have a solid bead on how what i think it means right it feels very slippery both lyrically and musically at the same time at the same time i'm really satisfied not knowing like i it's one of those songs where i don't have a ken to really pull it apart there's something about it that really hits me deeply without needing to know exactly what it's trying to say that said, I mean, I'm going to have shit to say about what I think it might be having to say. A lot of it, I think Matthew really, I, I really, yeah. really love that take. And I agree with a lot of it. And I'll offer parallel, very similar, maybe slightly tangential takes. But but first of all, 
the fucking music in this. One of my favorite parts. I love that image. One of my he just held up the back cover. One of my favorite parts of this, and this is what I wanted to talk about, Michelle. The way that that initial riff, ba da ba da ba da ba, it sounds so different when the lyrics, the rape, the rape, this is the come over. It changes the the pacing of it so mm-hmm. that my brain hears it completely differently. It changes mm. the pacing of it. It's all, and I tried to listen very carefully. I think there's a slightly different count when they play it in that first part than then when they, they play might, it they in the They might have done that. I, d- I don't know. I, I don't. In yeah. this entire song, the way that the, the, the vocals and the drums and the guitar and the bass play against each other creates something more than the sum of their parts in the way that the different rhythms play off of each other. I think it just... Yeah, I think I think when they're saying the words over, I think it, it comes in on the end. I, I think, think it comes that, in on the end instead of like in the ba da ba da ba da ba. It's like ba da da ba. It's it's oh it sounds a little different. I, I didn't even catch that. But and now that, that you're the, saying the, it, the whole I think I do. Song, the whole song is like that to me because Jeez. everything layers off of itself yeah. and plays with itself yeah. in a way that makes it just so fucking juicy and rich yeah, and sick and 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 it just everything plays perfectly together and i really like the fact that the chorus is bring it down and matthew you, you talked about that and and i i feel they're really introspective before it just you have these weird sort of sing songy they're like now we have you this is fun from yourself you cannot run <laughs> it's like then, what it's like to be afraid right it's yeah. just these <laughs> these levels just goes all over the fucking place Your internal voice musically it, it, musically this song is just and for this song to go into give me the push are you fucking kidding me yeah. this is one of my favorite one two punches in all of no means no i think those two songs back to back are just insane it's an insane gut punch to my heart and head so they fucking do some crazy good one two punches they man. do some this good one and on, on this oh. album this is my one two punch this is where it's like oh fuck mm. me are you kidding mm. me with this shit right. are you kidding me yeah so mm-hmm. musically, I just, <clears throat> I absolutely love this. I love the keyboards. This strikes me as a John composition, mostly because oh, yeah. it has the keyboards and it usually sneaks those in, right, but also because right. of the complicated way the time signatures are playing against each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Rob adds to it does not feel tacked on. It really feels organic. No. It really yes. feels like it's of the piece, right? So. Yeah. I just fucking love it. I love hearing that blistering chorus riff and then how it just changes into that sort of the, the, but it's just this loping rolling mm-hmm. sort of riff that just goes on and on. It's just, it's fucking gorgeous. So if pressed, I think Matthew, your interpretation of this is fucking great. I love that. I love that. It's not about sexual politics, but I or do sexual. think there's, I do think there's a reading that can be about sexual politics, if not very specific about a rape, but more about on a, on a broad level, if I'm looking at this, cause I'm going to collapse it down to how it can be actually maybe about a particular story about a particular person on a broad sense. I really think this can speak well to the, the, the eternal struggle of that, like real toxic masculinity against the feminine <clears throat> about how as a, as a culture, we 
feed our young men this sense of objectification, how we look at the feminine as an object, right? We, it's something to it's something to pursue. It's an image that arises. Yeah. It's never a real thing. It's mm -hmm. this image that they'll never catch. They'll never find with every step I had you and every step you flew, right? And, and because it's always an image, because it's about ownership, then you get this, this violence of she cheats me. And why does that matter? Why does cheating why matter? He because 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 that's ownership. You only say you only oh. cheating really hurts when you feel like you own the other person, when you're owed right. something, when they belong to you, and oh. when they cheat you, that breaks it. And so it's like that. Fuck that spurs on the violence. And so it's like yeah. Yeah. This I, is the, I know the it. Rape. He's convincing himself without any proof. He's convincing himself exactly right. And then it's then it's the ultimate sexual violence which is rape which is that what leads me into it i'm justified this is the rape because she cheats me because every time he's seeing the rape it's preceded by that she cheats me she cheats me i know it she cheats me just over and over again and one That's of the things about this that i find so sick. interesting is that he says this is the the rape the rape this is the this is it's the. like it descends into a hole and climbs out of the hole it's mirrored that line that 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 chorus is mirrored so it's, this is the rape, the rape, this is the, right? So it climbs down and climbs out. It's this weird yeah. V, this vector that he keeps getting trapped in. He's just <laughs> trapped in this feeling of violence. And I also felt in this sense of objectification, he's also dissociating from himself slowly but surely. First is the left leg is numb. Then the then the yeah. can't feel the hey. tongue. Then you oh, can't feel my head. To me. Then you can't feel the right side. Yep. It's this this constant dissociating from himself as a being yeah, yeah, until yeah. he's just consumed with rage. And those and little elf can't... voices come in and like right after Exactly. That, that now yeah. you have you, this has fun, right? Which is like, to oh, me, that us. outside, like the culture that's coming in with the objectification and all of the shit that's the yeah. outside voice that Sacred feeds this to shit. him. And so they, they need that, right? <laughs> they need people to feed on that. They need people to eat that up in order for that to dumb. continue. And that last pre-chorus, the... Um, uh, the first of all, the I walk around like a zombie or a clown, just like you talked about, Matthew, like the zombie is something that is totally mindless and, mm -hmm. and, and yet terrifying. And then a clown is something that is both ridiculous and reviled. These are both things that are like that, that are scary and reviled, but they're both the shell of a human right on different extremes almost mm, right, right, so they're right. like they're yeah. the they're the shell of what it is to be a human pulled to the extremes on one side would be a zombie and the other which is completely devoid of affect and the other is a clown which is the Nothing over emphasis of all affect right? right and so there's no real human in there it's just i'm either a zombie or i'm a clown i'm not in the middle and i had the same thoughts as you the yellow clay sounds very biblical right and my head is talking all the time, every minute, every second of the day. That's a statement that's either the result of deep, years-long introspection, in which case it's a wonderful insight that one gains from realizing the nature of oneself, or it's a sign world. of schizophrenia or, and, and mental illness, right? Right, exactly. Of disassociation, <laughs> yeah. which seems yep. to be more the case here. And mm -hmm. my knees are weak, my breath, it reeks, my face is lined, I have no time, my lips are dry, they're red, my eyes, my palms are wet, I can't forget. All of those are physical indications of fear, anger, Stress. jealousy, and hatred. Betrayal and hatred. Those are all of the angry, bad, 
fucked up parts of ourselves like and that's how they physically manifest right i can't also forget fear. i can't forget and fear she cheats me she cheats me so it's to me there's just this this person who's trying to capture something pure yeah. and can't because they want to own it and they're being told to own it by these voices that constantly encroach saying yeah. you know from yourself you cannot run and those are the voices from outside that's the only part yeah. of the song that's coming from outside everything else is from the inside continual and disillusionment to take this but yes, then, like I can't forget the idea. I can't forget. I can't forget anyway. Rob, that's right. what a motherfucker. Man. And then oh, to, to bring it God. down to the level of story, I almost went like, God, this almost sounds like the story of like a pornographer <laughs> of someone who was what? like, who chose the living of making pornography and just fucking just lost themselves in it. But that's never to me how no means no goes. It's always that no. broader thing. But there's something about yeah. there's something about just how how violent and yet how beautiful it talks about that aggression that comes from the feeling of ownership over another person. And, and, and there's almost, I'm almost always reminded of the, of Greek mythology. When I listen to this, there's something so mythological about the, the way that this masculine chases the feminine feminine, uh -huh, which is so uh -huh. rooted in so many Greek myths, which often so often end in rape. That I, I can't get it out of my head that there's some yeah. connection to to that kind of pure, awful form of the the masculine feminine dynamic from way back in, in history. But bottom line, fucking A, this song is so fucking good. It is so good. And again, a song I don't I don't maybe there are, and I'd love to hear other bands that do this, but I don't know of any other band that could make this fucking song. I just don't. I don't think there are other bands that that have a delivery like Rob gives with the passion and the complexity of the parts playing off each other, but with that intense lyrics and fucking everything. It's just it's one of those songs where all the fucking pieces come together mm -hmm. and feel holistic. Not every song feels that way. There could be brilliant songs that still don't quite capture that holistic magic. Mm -hmm. This is one of those ones that fucking captures that for me. And every part plays into whatever that underlying slippery ass narrative is. And I think it's actually intended to be a bit slippery. He, he, it's a bit mm -hmm. fucking slippery in the music and the lyrics, I think intentionally, but hats off. It's got off. that big this banner song. on it. That's the fucking title of it, you know, makes you automatically yeah. think what it's going to be the about, rape, then it's right? not so much. Well, did, what was Nirvana's not. rape meet? Is that kind of the same kind of thing, but in a, in a, uh, I, I don't know, is he kind of doing the same kind of thing uh, in a, in a very more, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that. I've, I mean, I haven't analyzed that song, no. so I don't know. I don't know. No. Well, I'll, okay. I'm just, maybe, maybe I'm being I, stupid. I, a different illusion. Maybe the, the rape of the lock by, uh, I, I do think Rob is a, be taken I do, advantage of. I do think I Rob is a master him. at boiling shit down to yeah, its absolute essential yeah. humanness and getting to elements of what it is to be a human being. And actually, in many respects, I don't think what Matthew and I are saying are, are very different, right? They're just minds maybe a little more focused on sexual politics, but there's a lot of parallels in what we're saying. And what's yeah, what I love about this yep. band, there is no mm -hmm. there is no answer to what this song means. There is none. But it's no. deep enough and it's passionate enough that it's got it's got legs, man. This song's got fucking legs. Yeah. Alright. Yellow um, feet. I, legs. This made me think of I, I don't know, it, I think it's it maybe gets to the root of uh, what I think the song is about. Um 
I haven't thought about this in a long time. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast because I do think about it frequently. Um, but I haven't spoken of it, I guess. It's sort of been about around 95, 96 when I first graduated from university. And I had some friends who were in the art department. And I went to their grad show. And there was this guy. I'm not going to remember his name. I have no idea uh, whether he continued being an artist. But these were their grad projects. And this guy, mm-hmm. um, he, okay, he uh, worked in a, in a porn video rental store. Um, and this is before the internet, before porn was like everywhere and accessible, like 1996. Yeah. I mean, there was the internet, but it certainly wasn't ubiquitous. You certain, most people didn't have yeah. broadband. So this guy had watched so much porn that he'd kind of wrecked things for himself, I think. And his, the form oh. that his, his, um, his final project took, uh, these life size, like human sized sculptures. And he, he took basically foam rubber sort of a similar consistency to like human flesh, I guess. And he spray painted it um, like skin colors, uh, various types of like taupe and pink and brown and everything like that. And then he, he set um, motors, offset motors inside them. And they'd be sort of like in the shapes of people in various positions, but they didn't look like people. They looked like these ragged sort of uh, assemblages of foam rubber. Um, And then he put motors inside them and he put um, motion sensors. So you'd approach these things and they'd kind of like jiggle and gyrate in in like sort of this creepy pseudo-sexual way. And I have a feeling that that's maybe what happened to him. He just completely destroyed his idealization or his images or any, any kind of romance uh, oh. about uh, the, sex. Oh, <laughs> the, the the naked grim image grew out of his hand, right? Like yeah, shit. totally. Right. Right there. And I'm I'm just yeah. realizing holy I said shit. the rape of the lock by uh, Alexander Pope is the is the poet, and that was another uh, the rape of the lock. It's like the I think Belinda was the this young maiden and uh, the dastardly uh, baron or something like that. Uh, he violently seized a chunk of her hair. And that was the rape of the lock, um, mm. and just like this, huh. this symbol of this idealized golden curl, mm-hmm. and, like, tore it out of yeah. her head. Um, so maybe yeah. there's a reference it's... to that as well. I don't know. Yeah. Man, man. Well, fucking Jesus. deep layered. Can we move to the next song? song Let's man. go to the next song, which Jesus is Christ. black and dark in its own way. Black silhouette. <laughs> Off of the unreleased Alfart, wow. well, it's not session, but it's an unreleased Alfart session, session, 2006. Everyone, grab your smokes, lean up in the alleyway, turn off all the lights.
Mutated omens in their crumbling queue A siren's call from the end of the bar A whispered request, come as you are In bated breath, that's it, that's your cue These are the words that are meant for you Um, I think this could have been one of their real epics. Um, it has so many elements in it that I, I really, really like. I like the structure in some ways, but um, there's parts that I don't like. Uh, and I think that there's fat to be trimmed in this song, but it's got the the nucleus is, is really pretty solid. Um, hmm. it, it's, it needs its... It needs to be tightened up, I guess. Mm. Uh, in, in my opinion, there's some parts of it that uh, uh, don't really work all that well for me. Um, uh, so where's the part? Uh, oh, um, I'm a warning sign. Run me to like a rat to the end of the light. It seems like the the real singing bit that, that John's doing. This is certainly a John song, I think. Um, yep. And then yep. the. Uh, Sprechgesang of uh, of Rob uh, in the middle. I think maybe if the a warning sign part had been cut out of the song, I might like it better. Um, but overall, um, I really like the lyrics. Uh, I think this is um, not entirely dissimilar from some of the themes in The Rape. And, and maybe that's mm. maybe some of the things that were running through Rob's head. Um, that repeated line, I can't forget... Um, could have had something to do i think this song takes place in the same world as our town and maybe the graveyard shift mm-hmm. um it's it's okay. for me i mean it's talking about uh you know people biding their time in a in a bar um you know looking for that ideal uh or just anything maybe maybe not an ideal made at all but uh, sirens call from the end of the bar like whispered request come as you are it's like maybe there'll be someone out there to just accept me for what I am Um, but uh, it is illusory Um, these are the rules if I'm real I can't forget I'm sorry as I can see but I can't forget Um, so yeah there's very very clear images to me of a dark um, rainy city um, I think maybe anybody who spent time in Vancouver uh, kind of gets that <laughs> say, Blade you know, Runner like <laughs> Blade Runnery kind of feel, and it, um, Vancouver is sort of known for its uh, history of neon as well. So um, you know all that uh, atmospheric cyberpunk shit that William Gibson came up with, that dark city where it's always raining. That's Vancouver because <laughs> that's where he's from, <laughs> yeah. and that's uh, something I'm pretty familiar with. But yeah, people, Rummy's sitting at the sitting at the bar. Um, you know, contemplating omens in their crebling cubes, just like staring at their drinks, um, wondering what else might have become of them. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe uh, this song to me is uh, that dangerous unknown. Um, you know, the black silhouette, the red tipped cigarette, it's just that hint of something mysterious that might be sexy, might be dangerous, um, but uh, something that's always kind of. Uh, inaccessible or that you will always wonder about um, 
yeah, was, um, that's about all I got. You can't forget that um, hope. You can't forget that uh, you know that person you might have been, that person you might have been with. Um, but uh, you just keep going and you stay on your bar stool and uh, <laughs> sit in the dark and have another beer. Um, oh, God. Musically, um, yeah, there's some interesting bits. I, I like this sort of a little more soaring post-punky bits that actually remind me of one of my um, historical favorite bands, Jawbox. They sound like uh, sort of guitar work uh, that reminds me of uh, that band. But uh, for the most part, this song, uh, I really like it. But yeah, it was uh, an idea that needed a little more attention before. And maybe that's why they didn't release it. Because they didn't have the time or they couldn't figure out quite what to prune. Yeah. Huh. All right, Michelle, what do you got? Okay. Oh, it's a Johnny Song song. And I'm going to say this. (laughs) Don't laugh. I think he kind of sounds like Paul McCartney in this. <laughs> I laughed. That's great. Yeah, I think he does. And sometimes he even sounds like Danny Elfman. I can hear All right. that. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, that's just the shit that pops in my head when I hear this stuff. I've heard this song a few times before, but it never I never sunk my teeth into it too much until this became a fun homework assignment. I really quite like this, and I think it's written supremely well. When Rob comes in, he sounds phenomenal, and the singing John does behind him is fantastic. Tom is fucking killing it on this. Mm-hmm. Tom's killing it on this. Yeah. He had so much texture and gravity. Other than the vocals, he's the one I'm really very much listening to. My favorite part is near the beginning with John singing Black Silhouette, a red tip, or Black Silhouette, a red tip cigarette. The harmonized half step sung on the end. Of, of those silhouette, silhouette and cigarette words sounds so substantial with the music behind it. I really like uh, how how uh, it, it adds a little bit of anxiety to it, that the half step there always, it always does. The ending of this song is kind of strange to me, but that's just my dumb opinion. A very cool, very fun song, cool song for sure. Boy, nice. I just shit the bed. No, I just no, shit. You didn't. I shit the bed right there. No, you didn't. <laughs> I think I just did. I I don't well, think I read my shit right, but I, I like the half step that John sings in there. Absolutely. God damn, he's got a good voice. He really does, and it's God. nice. To, it's I always love to hear it when he when oh, they put him out front for singing. Oh, he's got such a good voice. Um, yeah. So I I was reading a Mark Prindle, one of those Mark Prindle interviews, oh, and that guy's hilarious. Yeah, and it was when Ausfart came out, and he mentioned, and Rob mentions Black Silhouette and Perambulate in the same sentence, saying that they were two songs that were recorded during Ausfart, and yeah. that he expected them both to come out in later releases. One of which mm-hmm. we know does come out, and we're going to talk about here shortly. And this one never did, right? I guess they decided this shouldn't end up on the tour EP. So Matthew, you may be right. They may have felt that they never quite captured the nug on this one uh, in quite the right way that wants them to release it. Because it was there, and and I think they just didn't feel like it was right on Ausfart. I don't know. I think this might have been better in a couple of the songs on Ausfart, but that's just me because I have my feelings on some of the songs on Ausfart. I agree with so you. So I think it could have I could have could have fit on there. Um, but it's, it's from the same session. Up just a little bit. Tightened up, yeah, yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I I have not heard this one a lot. I I I think maybe I'd heard heard it before. It didn't sound altogether unfamiliar, but really diving into it this time was a real fucking treat. You know, talking mm -hmm. to Parker about this one too, he's like, "Yeah, I, I I know the first time I listened to it, I got about a third of the way in, and was like, oh yeah, that's pretty good, but kind of sounds like a song I'd, you know, expect to know where it's going. But then listening to it again, and then the rest of it kicks in, you realize, oh no, there's a lot yeah. more happening. This song's yep. really fucking good. Yep. You know, that middle part, Rob's Sprex Kajang kicks in and all that shit. It's fucking great. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah, I, I agree in terms of the meaning of this song. This song really sound, it really makes me feel in a sort of ominous and wistful way about our constant gaze towards the future and how we romanticize it. And also how that, that romanticization sort of destroys us and can ruin us. I mean, there's that that sense of a black silhouette in a rainy city or in a rainy alley with a with a I'm not a black cigarette. Did I say black cigarette? Black silhouette. I don't know. With silhorette, a with a red, I can't even with say a red tip cigarette. That is so <laughs> fucking noir, right? That is so either mm -hmm. cyberpunk, but to me it goes back to it's so noir, which is yeah, yeah. that's a symbol of both danger and sex and mystery. Like that's just like there's so much wrapped up in that image of a black silhouette with a red tip, red tip cigarette. Right. It's right. what you don't know. It's you're, you yeah. project everything on top of it. And then, and then you have that middle section, right? Where Rob's telling that story and he starts off by talking about one of those. I don't know if you guys have fortune ever seen one of these. In yeah. Big. They're, they're the old, yeah. The, the big fortune telling machines they have in arcades with like about? some robotic, Oh, like in the there. movie Big, you mean? Yeah, because yeah, it, it says <laughs> fate, fate is smiling, but his eyes are closed, waiting for the money in his frozen pose. Drop in a quarter and the wooden lids rise, quizzing the future with his painted eyes. Right. So it's that idea of like, I want to know what my future is. And then it switches from there. It, and that's to me why I, I really feel it's like really this just the way it really takes your about money. Yeah, it's a way of taking your money, but it's also that obsession with wanting to know the future, yeah. wanting to know what is that mystery? Is it danger? Is it love? Is it mystery? Is it sex? Is it the end? Right. And and then the truly inspired, meaning those who really have got the picture of it, what do they end up doing? They just fucking get end up so broken that they're sitting on their stools, staring into their cups, into their crumbling cubes. That part really reminds me of Bitches Brew. This song really reminded me of yeah. Bitches Brew, too. I oh, felt like there was a lot of that in there. Um, oh, cool. But that feeling of, of, of unresolved future and how the future is this big open thing, but once it collapses down into the reality of our life, it's often so crushingly disappointing that we just chew over it over and over and over, right? I, I'm real and I can't forget. I can't forget. I'm as far as I can see, but I'm not there yet. I'm as far as I can see. Like, I can't see really any farther in the future, but I'm not where I want to be yet. I'm stuck right fucking here, staring on this bar stool, just lost. You know, I'm run me to the rat like the end of a line. It's, it's all these feelings of wanting to get to a better future and just fucking stuck in this yeah. broken present it's really interesting it feels really uh uh it's really like a, a sad sort of sad fucking song right this this grasping nature to it and and almost like but a but a kind of romantic grasping yeah this mm -hmm. this romantic feeling we you can't get, get for let, can't let go of the romance, right? You can't let go of the romance, the romance even, even if our even if our present Don't stop believing. Even if our present is a Charles Bukowski fucking nightmare, <laughs> right? You can't 
there's a romance in that. There's there's a reason people love Bukowski. There's a there's a dark, grungy romance to it. Now, there's um, a guy who disillusioned himself. <laughs> exactly. Now, and I I really love the music to this. Almost like Perambulate. It doesn't end in quite the same sort of jam session, but it ends in that mm-hmm. weird sort of. And this is one of those rare songs that ends the with a fade out. Yeah, it's a yeah. little all over the place uh, for sure. But that almost feels appropriate. Like it's that mm-hmm. sort of like, well, I don't know what's gonna fucking happen. Let's just see. You know, like, oh, I, I see what you did I there. I don't know. I don't know, right? Like, you can't, you can't have a final end on a song that's about grasping for a future. You can't really quite. It just sort of fades out into, like, I don't know. And it's just, it gets into these chords. It kind of fucks with the main riff, and you, you lose track of it. The song just loses track of itself at the end, which really, to me, feels like that sense of, like, I, 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 I can hear echoes of what the song was, but it's changing, and I don't know what's happening. Now it's gone. Fuck fuck what happened to it so it's really interesting to me in that respect and i think this is a john composition i think it's great i love yeah, hearing his voice yeah, I, totally I love agree. the music in it i agree yeah, with you i think tom is fucking great in this yes um i'm gonna listen to this one a lot more like this is one i, I, I have not dived into and it's way better than i expected <laughs> it's way better than i expected mm-hmm. so this is one that i wish had been gotten official release i'll say for myself there are no lyrics out there anywhere for it so i did the best i could at translating these. I think I did a pretty good job. Then Matthew did, yeah. came in and corrected some of it for me. Um, <laughs> if anybody out there wants these, nothing. let us know. I'll, I'll post them somewhere. But Well, you know, you did lots of stuff, just not the lyrics. But um, <laughs> yes. but they're not out there because it was never released. So completely unreleased fucking gem as far as I'm concerned. So John really fucking is awesome singer. He's a really good singer. Oh, my God. He's a really good singer. There's so much under him. Yeah, there's so, a part where he goes, oh. It's like so unlike yeah. anything I've ever heard him do, yeah. but it works. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so really weird, that one part where in the second time where he's just like, run me like a rat, and Rob underneath it is like, like a rat. Like it's one of his most <laughs> greasy sort of like, rat. <laughs> It's so greasy. That is, that is a good part. So greasy. <laughs> All right, so let's vote against these two dark masterpieces. Oh, it's the geez. Rate versus Black Silhouette. Um, listen, I'm not going to say this is a slam dunk, but it kind of is for me. The Rape, to me, is like it's a transcendental masterpiece, and I really like Black Silhouette. I'm going to go back and listen to it a lot, but the Rape is of a whole other character that can't be touched by many, 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 many songs. So there's my vote. Um, Michelle, how about you? Wow. Okay. I'm doing, I'm going to vote for the, I don't want to do the rape. I'm going to vote for the rape. There you go. I'm going to vote for the rape. Excellent. But not really, but you know what I mean. Met you. I think the black silhouette had the meat in it, the raw material to become a song that could contend uh, with something like the rape, but it's unfinished. Um, It's it's hard to think of it any other way. Uh, So I got to vote for the rape. Even though uh, the images, I think the, the the world projected by Black Silhouette is uh, really interesting and vivid, um, but uh, the the rape is a much really more cool. complete song. So the rape, agreed. Hmm. Holy shit! So far we're yeah. unanimous. I have a oh feeling we're coming up on the last round, and I believe we will no longer have unanimity and i'm looking forward to it but before we get there let's listen into our next listener submission this time we're going to listen to two files or two uh kind of an origin story and a fun story from david de silva so buckle up and let's listen to these files i say files you guys don't know what that fucking means let's listen to his submissions there that's better (laughs) 
Hey everybody, it's David De Silva here, and I want to first off start by thanking you guys for what you do. What? what? I really, really, really love the podcast. David. It it, uh, it it helps me better understand this band, better appreciate this band, and I mean, No Means No is my favorite band. I have been listening to them since. God, I don't even know. Um, I guess the, the first time I heard them, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. So, I grew up in Edmonton, and I played in a punk band. It was the Cadillac of Worms, and we practiced every Saturday morning, like clockwork, uh, generally. And we did some covers. We did a lot of originals. And one of the covers that Kelly, rest in peace, uh, wanted to cover that day was a No Means No song. Oh, um, nice. I might have heard them before. I, I, don't, I don't think so, but he plugged in the cassette, and here it is. It's Dad. We're going to cover Dad today. And I'm the drummer. Nice. I'm listening to the drums, and so the, the lyrics kind of ex- escaped me. I'm like Michelle. Their lyrics are kind of secondary for me, yeah. which is a real mistake with this band. But, um, wow. Uh, you know, after we got, you know, it was a lot of stopping, a lot of starting. We're learning the song, but once we got through it and started playing it and listening to it, and and I'm hearing what Kelly's singing, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Dad, no, Dad, leave her alone. It's like, holy fuck, shut up, you bitch. And then oh. the part where he went into my sister's, sister's room, room and he locked the door. He said, I hate you, but I love you more. And just the way he said it, it was just yeah. gut-wrenching. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Exactly. Who can even think these thoughts? And I'm like, Kelly, give me that lyric sheet. I, I, what, are, what are we playing here? So exactly. It blew my mind. I, I'm like, Kelly, give me this cassette. i got to take it home. i got to listen to it. Who are these guys? I mean, just listen to this. Oh my god. Holy fuck. Oh my god. I mean, I, I have goosebumps now. But Listen I remember that day. I think I was oh trembling, man. These lyrics are something else. The imagery that you can create in mm-hmm. your mind. Uh, thank God I never grew up in a home like this. So I, I, you know, I don't have a a reference for it, but you can just, he kicked his, he kicked her, and blood, and no, dad, the screaming, I mean, we had fights in our home, and nothing like this, you know, but you can just create such crazy imagery with this in your head, this song is amazing, it's gut-wrenching, it's horrible, it's fucking unbelievable, and then they (laughs) end it with a little laughter, it's like, this is just, this song is, just it is what punk is about man it's about being outrageous it's about you know what this is fucking the day-to-day for some people this is this is horrible and it it also brings an appreciation for you know what some people have gone through man i mean Mm -hmm. it's fucking this song (laughs) it's just it's probably my favorite no means no song so that's sort of my introduction, and I don't know if I put a date on this. This has got to be 1980. 
89? Oh, same year for me, man. That's my introduction. Seen no means no. I grew up seeing them. I I don't know. Eight, ten, twelve times. Saw them in Edmonton. Saw them with two drummers. Saw them in Vancouver. Saw them in Victoria, now where I live. And um, I was fortunate enough. I think my last show in Victoria was 2013. Um, Fuck if I knew that would have been the last time. But anyways, and then in 2019, just before the world shut down, I got to see John play with the... uh, the the evasives and they came out as the non-evasives and it was scott henderson's <laughs> birthday so john uh or they did a couple of no means no songs they did uh i got a gun it was great it was like oh wow and afterwards i i i talked to john and i said hey john are we ever gonna see another no means no show oh no and he looked at me and oh no doubtful my brother's retired <laughs> so Aww. I guess it's doubtful, guys. I mean, we're always hopeful, and uh, <laughs> you got to be in some damn good shape to play drums like that. So it's, right. it's going to take a lot to get that old bones back in shape. But uh, that's my introduction. Thanks so much. Keep it up. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Davey. And we have a, a bit of a, of a smaller file. Yeah. Go, wait, go ahead, Matthew. What? No, no, no. Davy, Davy, and that was David. No, I'm sorry. That's David, not yes. Davy B. This is David De Silva. Sorry, yep. David but he's got David. he's got one more for us. A quick one. This is a really fun. Ow. I love this fucking story. It made me crack the fuck up. So here's a story from David. Oh, okay. Hey, podcast people. I just wanted to. I don't know if it fits within your guidelines of stories, but fuck that. I don't care. I'm gonna tell you a story that's funny. Uh, it's about no means no, of course, and it's about my son and my family, and uh, actually, so I went to a show in Victoria, I don't remember when it was, um, doesn't matter, they had a great merch place there, and I bought some, uh, some vinyl, and I bought a t-shirt, and I, I saw the Kill Everyone Now t-shirt, and I'm like, man, I love that shirt, but I can't walk around with that. No, fuck. I'm, I'm supposed to be a grown adult. But, Matthew um, did. And I always hoped the day my son would be old enough and I could take him to a no-means-no show. But he wasn't old enough yet, and he couldn't come, and i got to get him something. So I got him a Kill Everyone Now t-shirt. So. <gasps> Anyways, brought it home, and yeah, he thought it was cool. I don't believe he wore it around. I don't really remember, but um, my wife and I went somewhere. We were away, and my sister and her husband came and were taking care of the kids. And I get a phone call from my sister. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, my son was in, like, grade seven, eight, oh, shit. tops. Anyways, oh, no. uh, she gets a call, and she's like, David. Um, we have a bit of a problem. It's the Christmas concert, and they're supposed to wear white t-shirts, and Eden wants to wear, that's my son, uh, a Kill Everyone Now t-shirt to the Christmas concert. It's pretty Christmassy. Oh, that's She's like, I don't really think that's a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, probably not, and I can hear Eden in the background, I can wear any t-shirt I want. It's white! And I hear my brother-in-law going, he's not wearing a Kill Everyone Now t-shirt. Oh my God, so, uh, this is amazing. Funny story, uh, he didn't wear it, <clears throat> don't know what he wore, 
But can you imagine that? I'm sure the teacher would have pulled him on us. You know? Oh, I, I <laughs> Where are you coming from, kid? So, anyways, <laughs> fun story. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Can't wait for round two. Ciao for now. All right. Thank you, David. That was fucking amazing. I loved yeah. not yes. only to hear to the about Daves, your intro, I know. Yeah. Uh, and hearing hearing you geek out and actually play a bit of Dad, we've wanted to do that so many times. <laughs> That's like hilarious. I just <laughs> fucking was, died when I heard that. That was insane. Yeah. And that story is fantastic. I've had a lot of those kind of times too, although not necessarily at school. My son did wear a lot of No Means No Shirts to school. Actually, when when I do have my son on, which will be next at next season at some point, um, I have this great one of the I, the image I want to use. I have this great image of me sleeping when he's oh. a baby. I'm sleeping with my back turned. And he's curled up right up against my back with his back to the camera. And it's a big no means no shirt. And it's that kill everyone now. You don't see the front, don't but it's you, the back Didn't you it. show me this? He's got I a did. onesie? You he's got, got a him little onesie? onesie? Yeah. Oh, Jordan, I it's, totally it's a, remember it's that. It's adorable. He's been oh a... Oh, my God. He was an infant I, no means. So anyway, I David, do. that was fantastic. And thank you again for the kind words on the podcast, all of you. Yeah. It, it, it makes us feel good. I'm not going to lie. It's nice to hear that people love the podcast. Uh, it's good to hear. And just to hear people, how much they love this fucking band, just like us obsessive nerds. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Matthew, didn't you say once that you got in trouble for wearing that and your teacher was so cool? He's like, Matthew, I'm sure there's a reason why you wore this shirt. <laughs> didn't you say that once? Didn't you wear like it at that. the school? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and, and your said, teacher was like really cool about it and yeah. said, I know there's a reason why you're wearing this, but um, maybe you shouldn't wear it. <laughs> Yeah, that was hilarious. He was cool about it. Yeah, he's like, that's yeah, awesome. that's uh, if you, I, I, I get it. Maybe it was like an error, <laughs> error, error in judgment. I'm sure there's a very complicated and hilarious reason, but uh, yeah, you don't really. This is going to get you sent to the counselor. So, yeah, <laughs> no, that's that. that oh, was a, that especially was these days, I have to say that is not a shirt that would fly. Right, I know. Just Unfortunately, yes. Exactly. All right, everybody. Well, guess what? It's Uh-oh. our last fucking pairing of season oh, one this is it these are the songs that decided to show up last in the terrible machine i know the these are the last it's amazing these are these are the last two songs that we get to talk about before we dive back in and chew our food all over again yeah so like what the did they serve up are. that's right <laughs> the last two songs are almost like home from All Your Ears Can Hear soundtrack from the, around the time of the Mama Sessions, 1982, versus Perambulate off of Tour EP2, otherwise known as the, the Jubilation EP from 2010. So the first so, song with Andy in it before he was even in the band and the last song off the last release. Isn't it's pretty fucking crazy, fucking right? Bookendy. That's pretty crazy how the terrible machine does that kind of thing. That is wild. Wild. Could not be more appropriate. So thank you, algorithm, and your crazy AI consciousness. So we're going to dive in. Uh, this time, unlike most past episodes where we've gone, you know, either Matthew or I first, we're not letting Michelle off the hook. For this last pairing, nope. she has to not- go first. Oh, no. So, Michelle, I want to be the meat in the sandwich. Come on, first, no. Let's all no. pull up a chair around our favorite fire. You were let's warned. pull up our favorite, uh, get our cat and dog on our lap. Whatever right. makes you feel like home. 
podcast. Listen to. I'm gonna warn you guys. Probably listen to the whole fucking song because many of you yeah. haven't heard this. So please, it's gonna be a little it. long, but you guys got to hear this shit. So point, here it is. Yep. Play it. Almost like home. Take one.
right, Michelle. What do you think? Do you want to know what I think? I do. Get the funk out of here with this (laughs) glorious meld of fucking wire and gang of fucking four. Oh, yeah. Period. No, actually, exclamation point. Johnny Boy is singing in this doozy, and along with the sick funkitis are loads and loads of anxious-sounding guitar jolts that make you give yourself a wedgie. I just wrote that. Yes, it's that good. Those initial angular... Angular, angular guitars <laughs> happen on those initial angular ones happen on the two and four of the measure. He hits those those angry like crazy guitar hits on the two and the four of the measure. But then the man cranks up the funk, adding then a sporadically and intensely in other spots, cranking up the temperature. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I'm not reading my words very well, but do you see where he places the anxiety? First, he goes two and four, the the beat you're not supposed to clap to or you're going to be embarrassed. But then he just starts (laughs) fucking where he puts the guitar in there. Yeah. The dichotomy of the reliable funk mixed in with the sporadic jolts, like I was just saying, is intriguing as hell. This this band does this all the time, and I, I I don't think I've mentioned it before, but they go funk 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 scream funk 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 funk. <laughs> do you do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. he does this. That's yeah. what's so cool about this band, where they're just killing it with the funk, and then there's this 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 scream. Yeah. At first, I didn't appreciate the single note played and sung section. But man, oh man, did it resolve so well back into the theme of the song. At the ending of the bass and the guitar, they're in unison with this. Okay, so here, here's here's what I love about this. They're both playing like a, a note, then they go to the flat seventh, then they go to the octave. They're playing this arpeggio, like say C, B flat, octave up, C. But then Andy kind of farts around with it, and he plays C. C goes back to the flat seventh. So Ooh. you've got the octave and the flat seven. This whole step, this huh. this 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 kind of argument here. He just changes the way the arpeggios play. They were both playing in unison, like C B flat C. But then Andy goes C C B flat. Wow. I, I, I hope you know where where I'm talking about, but he just kind of fucks up that that those those three notes are that arpeggio, and it's really clever to me. Anyways, this is an eyeball popping pogo dancing ditty, and a and it's something to cut the rug with. It's amazing, amazing song. I love it. And when I heard this, I just about died. Doug, I still have your book that came with the All Your Ears Can Hear. You kept the CD, but I have your book. I still have it, and it's in pristine condition by all my other books about music. So, Doug, nice. I still got it. Nice. Holy shit. So I had never heard this song again, just kind of like, like uh, you little creep, until a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared. Oh, my God. This song is so fucking good. Yep. This song is so fucking funky. And like you said, Michelle, What's so great is that about this band and, and, and in this early period, especially when you just don't, when you wouldn't know who they were. And right. I want to I point out like this is this is around the same time as DOA's 
uh, uh, New Age, right? Like, and how different is this than that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But they 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 play something that you that is super great, super it's catchy. technical, it's catchy. It's catchy, but you yep. kind of know where it's going. Then they'll throw something in that completely throws you off, yep. and you're like, oh, I can't anticipate this anymore, mm-hmm. right? I don't mm-hmm. know where it's going to go. I can't rest on my laurels and think I'm going to know where the groove's going to set in. But every time they do that, it goes back into that fucking sick groove that gets you right back in the pocket. It never throws you too far out of the pocket for too long, just enough to keep you uncomfortable and off your heels and yet still grooving like a fucking madman. This song is so It's funk anxiety. It's so funk. And I love that middle section. It almost sounds very jazzy to me that – now the world right like that's so mm-hmm. uh, it's it has that sort of like what a a a as punk as you might get in a jazz club they might do something like that in the middle of a fucking song or something it's just great and to hear Andy like almost no effects on the guitar this is just what it, the guitar sounds like coming out of like a basic fucking amp like there's no mm-hmm. real distortion on this or anything and he's so tight it's so fucking good yeah. And 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 John and oh my God, it's just it's wire and gang of four combined. Yeah, these guys were like what nineteen, eighteen when they. Oh man! Shit! Are you kidding me with this? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Young Marble Giants, maybe. Exactly. (laughs) And I don't know who that is, but I'm gonna say exactly what I'm talking about. So, in terms of the the lyrics of this song, very much has that youthful feeling to me, anyway, of like what that what that that kind of panic that you have being out of the house and in your own space and how claustrophobic and, and, and how you get uh, for me, this is what I'm attaching it to how attached I can get to that space. And yet how it becomes this womb that can, that, that you can settle into that you don't want to pierce because you're so fucking anxious about being out in the real world. And yet you have to go out in the real world. Like there's all, there's all these lyrics that, that talk about, let me, let me pull them up here real quick. This, you know, out of the room between my ears locked is the door. So there's no sneaking out till it's time to face the world and find what it's really all about. So they, they talk about this house that they're in that almost feels like home yet. It's like, cold there's not really that much shit around kind of like the first house <laughs> the first flat you ever had you know like there's pictures of heroes meaning like posters of of guitar heroes or whatever <laughs> yeah. and, and your friends on the naked walls because you don't really have that much shit up the ceiling's right. dropping down but this is still the safest place i can be because i don't have a fucking home anymore is, is this my mm-hmm. home and you invite mm-hmm. all your friends inside to to join the polling up uh, join the party but but it's only because you, you don't really want to pay attention to what's going on out there. It's easier if you just bring anyone into this well, yeah. fucking nest. So yep. it, it brings that feeling of like being young and wanting to face the world or being terrified of facing the world in this place that's that's almost like home, right? It's it's almost there, but you don't quite know how to build a home at that age. You don't know what that fucking means. And it's it's exhilarating and fucking terrifying at the same time. Totally. Yeah. And, and this song really feels youthful in that regard to me. It captures mm-hmm. that sort of useful feeling, but God, what a great song. Holy shit. Way better than it has any right to be for this early. And well, all their early songs really, right? Like, Holy shit, these guys were good right out the goddamn Yes, day. yes. Right out the... Like, yes, it may yeah. not sound like Nader no, later No Means Snow, but all of the elements are there. This is one of those songs I've mentioned a few of them that kind of feel like 
one of those like what are we gonna be kind of songs right like where are we going what, but they what? but that's because they were listening to so much no, that's shit. what i mean it was they beautiful were, yeah, that way they were that's, grabbing like yeah but, un- like but that, underneath like that, that you hear you hear yes. what they're gonna become uh-huh right? this song uh-huh, might have been totally. you know since it recorded in the mama it's, it feels different from mama stuff um very i sort of figure you know you could from the way it sounds it could could have come from anywhere in andy's tenure in the band but yeah. you know it's yeah. it's, er- yeah, yeah. it's, it's the, early I, so maybe this was the fucking idea it's just like hey that was really good we should uh, get andy over a little more often yeah <laughs> well but, he's gonna you know what? he, he talks question. he talks about that a little bit in our andy's corrections right how this mm. this was an infamous scientist song first mm-hmm. and then became a no means no song so oh, that's I think that's kind of the same fucking yep. I think that's the deal, right? How interesting. You're right, uh, uh Matthew. This is kind yeah. of the first no means no song with Andy and one of the first no means no songs and it's going to be going up against the last no means no song, frankly. It's yeah. very very interesting. So fucking crazy. I adore this. I'm going to be listening to this all the fucking time. This mm-hmm. bang. Uh, oh, this is song I actually feel like I, I'm putting my I'm putting yep. my fiftieth anniversary my anniversary my fiftieth birthday party list together because I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a party I never have parties but I have a party at the house. This song oh, good is for you. absolutely going on that fucking oh, list. Oh nice! Me? It is so fucking. This is a booty shaker. You when is that? I'm party. going. I'm gonna this, show uh, up September twenty fifth. <laughs> no, up, baby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're I'm white. more than welcome. <laughs> so love it, love it, love it, love it. <clears throat> fucking three googly eyes, six googly eyes, a hundred googly eyes. Great fucking early what a song to almost end the podcast with matthew where are you at? yeah yeah i didn't um i didn't know about uh, all your ears can hear when it came out i only heard the songs off it and i guess there are about three or four of them and i'd listen to them and somehow missed this one so when uh this came up on the thing i i had not actually heard it before so this is the last no means no song that i heard it was new to me i suppose um, so oh man matthew wow yeah so um yeah the, the incredible new new wave feel i think your characterization is pretty accurate uh, along with the disco yep. disco action mm-hmm. going on um i think it is literal uh talking about the uh the space um inhabited by uh teens and late teens before you go out in the world um the ceiling drops about a foot so yeah it's somebody's basement and maybe they're referring to <laughs> the basement on howard avenue where they recorded all their shit um right yeah oh, probably what? could cool. be could be um uh, which is what's uh, the name of the road howard howard h-o-w-r-o-y-d like hemorrhoid but with a howl yeah and it is um, okay. not a, it's, it's, you, you don't, Howroyd is very, I mean, the, I'm just trying to think of what the, the houses look like. They're probably like wartime kind of 1940s, think, early fifties, maybe. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. It's not a cul-de-sac, but it's like off another road, Mortimer road. And you kind of have to go along. Like you're not, you're going to Howroyd. You're not on your way anywhere else. <laughs> it's it is right. like as suburban as that area basement. of Victoria gets, I guess. Um, it's on an unfinished basement with a washer and dryer. Se- semi-finished, <laughs> six and a half feet high. It's <laughs> naked walls. Yeah. Naked walls. Nice. Maybe some wood paneling if you're lucky. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think it's it's certainly um, from the room between my ears. It's definitely like um, letting other people inside their heads. 
uh, as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I have a feeling the um, outgrowth, um, maybe these are pretty nerdy guys in some ways. We don't really know um, what many stories of them before. I mean, jo- um, Rob's quite a bit older than John. Uh, John and Andy are about the same age, I think. But, you know, this is maybe... Um, a song about you know all the stuff that's going on in their heads and uh, some degree of creative flowering um you know here's mm-hmm. some here's some dudes mm-hmm. i get along with here's some pe- dudes that i i jam with i groove with um maybe it doesn't need to be quite so lonely inside these four walls of my head um so yeah it's it's pretty right. optimistic in some ways i think almost like home uh friendliest place i know so i don't know maybe there's a um, paranoia about going out in it but uh, also um going out of it should say but also um a little bit of claustrophobia stay in yeah Uh, yeah yeah. great song i mean just just so fantastic um what you're saying the um out of the room between my ears it's very jazzy i I wrote um chaotic jazz Mm -hmm. part reminds me of black midi uh Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. actually great comparison. Yeah, Absolutely, it's pretty, it's pretty Black Midi. Yeah. Yep, it's a good band, man. And I'm not certain, but I think in the chorus, like almost, almost like home at the end, um, it gets strong singing it. But I think Andy is is part of the chorus. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the keyboards uh, where they where they come in are certainly uh, amazing. So this is um, written by John. I'm sure it's John. Feels um, like it. Yeah. Rob, although I, I, I think there's probably a lot of Andy in there too because you yeah, talked yeah. about you know the two of them arranging it. So I bet you there's there's some of that in the when it was created by the infamous scientist. Maybe first there was some of that in there. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But a lot but of yeah, drama. those little fuckers are like fucking 18, 19 years old on this. That's right. amazing. Oh, That's Fuck amazing off. to me. Fuck yeah. off. No, fucking oh. genius. Son Hug them and kiss them. Yeah, exactly. God damn. All right. Well, oh boy, it's a little sad to be saying here's the last song of season one. The last. How did how did it work out that as the last song, no means no fucking released. Right? Is that right? Was Primulate on the? I even went to check. It's on. Definitely, it's on two or EP two. And I went and checked, and in the order, it's last. So yeah. What the fuck? I'm, I, I have to satisfy myself here. Uh, it is. It's the uh, last fucking song. This is the last fucking song that no means no really. How weird is that shit? Sorry, I'm getting befuddled by the goddamn synchronicity of all. So anyway. Yeah, it's hard not to get superstitious about that fucking terrible machine. It is. It is. Oh. Invented. It's um, an entity. The Glint. It's, it's made for some good podcasting, I have to tell you. Like, yeah. I've been grateful for how it's put that shit together. I'm going to have a non-alcoholic beer right Go now. Go for it. So everybody else, what I want you to do is I want you to put on your best walking shoes and get ready to perambulate. Sitting all day long in the dreams of men Counting the numbers from one to
All right, Michelle. Oh, whoa. Oh, let's, let's, I gotta go first. You on gotta these. go first yeah. on these. I don't like baby. this. I'm not used to that. Okay. All right. No, I'm. I know. So geniusly in this podcast, my two colleagues here compare the music to the culinary arts and the culinary world. And in this case, some of this song kind of sounds like a no means no all you can eat buffet. <laughs> I don't know. During this, I hear nods and winks to some previously used riffs by them, and it's exciting oh. to hear, and I love it. I hear a little bit of cats, sex, and Nazis oh, in here. interesting. Can I get an amen? I don't know From that the, I hear I it, but I that one, but I heard another one. Uh, uh, oh, oh no, br- okay. Uh, I wrote cats, sex, and Nazis on there, and you tell me what you heard. In a way, the beginning sounds very primacy to me, mm. with much better vocals. No offense, Mr. Claypool. I don't know I what qu- you're talking about. <laughs> I quite like the yelled out walk part and imagine my ignorant, ignorant, ignorant surprise when I looked up what the word perambulate means. Yep. Yep, that's me. And not even hearing this word before until this band made this song. When Rob says this word funny, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I guess it's, that is hilarious and he kills me. John's drum work in this is really a treat as usual. And man, wouldn't it be cool in, in any songs we've talked about previously? Do, do you know sometimes you can watch on YouTube where they like take out the singer or they take out and you can just hear the drum track or the, or the you know vocal track? It's just so amazing to me to hear that kind of dissected stuff. I love it. I would love to hear some of John's individual tracks some someday. Tom is playing some sophisticated guitar parts here, and when he when he and Rob lay down the dirgy stuff, it's really heavy and cool. It's amazing. There's some acoustic guitar in here, which I gotta yeah. tell you, mm-hmm. I. Have you ever heard a good acoustic guitar before in a No Means No Except song? Except for uh, I'm Doing Well, I'm Doing Well, well yeah. which is a Mr. Wrong song. Oh, which is all well, acoustic, okay. Then it. I then I screwed up. But no, but other I don't than know. in a I've, proper I've No Means No it. song, no. No, no, I, no. It's and then the, they, they do the some clapping. The hand claps. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's hilarious. And then John's doing some whoops in the background, which I know Matthew loves. Anyways, it's 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 glorious and a total treat. Nice. All right. So I'm going to go next. And um, I, I I mean, I, I I don't know that a lot of people have piped up really about their feel on the message, not message board anymore, the Facebook group about their feelings (laughs) about these tour EPs. I I think there's a lot of mixed feelings. I don't think anybody hates them, but there's not necessarily a lot of love for them. This second EP, which has jubilation, all the little bourgeois dreams, one, the same and perambulate. I think those are my favorite of the tour EP songs. And I think all together they make a great fucking statement. And I mm. really, 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 really love all of them. And I really, really love this song. I think it's fucking great. It's interesting reading that perambulate existed from the house fart sessions, right? This was not a new song for the tour EPs. This was, oh. but I have a feeling it was re-recorded because it just, it sounds like the same production as all the rest of them. So I can't imagine this was the recording from house fart, like black silhouette probably was. They probably went, no, let's bring this one back and they re-recorded it. So huh. who knows how it might've changed. Right. Um, musically. I want to say 
this is the only song I feel like where you really get to hear them just fuck around at the end. They're just like having fun in the studio, mm-hmm. just jam. It's like it's no means no via fish, right? Like they're just like <laughs> fuck it. We're just gonna God. like. I think I wrote noodly. Yeah, it's noodly. But we're gonna get in it. Like it's just and like the claps get all out of sync, and it's just like it almost collapses at one point and then comes right back up. And they're just having fun. I just feel like they're in the. They're just. I could just picture them looking at each other like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, fuck with this. Fuck with this. Yeah, it's it's just fun as hell. Um, and I think one of the reasons I like this song is I it it has some of that. well sort of yeah it has that that real introspection on the nature that that i again i hate to use the word because i don't think it's probably accurate but it feels uh it feels like uh uh, it's sprung from some of his like his buddhist reflections i feel like there's a lot in here about just the nature of what it means to be conscious and what means to be a conscious being we it, it this is you know this is one this one's probably pretty straightforward but it could also be a little bit slippery i think it it starts off you know saying sitting all day longs in the dreams of men pounding the numbers from one to ten and then it does this thing it does multiple times in the song where it flips a known well actually this is the only time it flips it but it talks about these things where things are turned on its head so he says burying the child and spoiling the rod which is really supposed to be sparing the child and no i'm sorry no no i now that's what the i'm reading it off the lyric sheet that's actually wrong it's It's supposed to be yeah yeah, sparing they they screwed it up and i read the thing i knew that sparing (laughs) the child and spoiling the rod the real sailing saying sailing jesus christ i'm fucking drunk and tired is oh no sparing the rod and and uh and spoiling Spoiling the child which is from the from the bible right but again it's turning everything on its head and then it ends with I'm falling into the dream of God. So there's a sense of of things being out of whack, things being backwards, the 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 telescope being turned around the wrong way and everything going outward. Starting off being the dream of man but looking out and and dreaming of God. Man. And even in the next verse, <clears throat> see the shadow, it's leading the man. See the tail, it's wagging the dog. A world of traces. It's all that's left. So it's the sense that we see the world backwards. Everything is backwards. What we think in looking out, what we take for the real driver, the real mover for the world, our manifestations being real. It's all fucking backwards. We're looking at things upside down. We're looking at things the wrong fucking way. Then he goes on to talk about starstruck eyes on a silver screen. Everyone knows just what that means, right? Our our desire to see things externally, to see the meaning outside of ourselves on a fucking movie, right? Everyone knows what that mm-hmm. shit means. But in the jewels of a starry night, what's the difference between day and night? So I love this line because it's this idea of I look up in the sky, I see these fucking stars. If I really project myself out and realize what that shit is, the thing that means the most to my daily rhythms, day and night, don't mean anything. Yet I take it to be everything. Day and night mean everything to me. But outside the confines of what I can see, that's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. There's no day and night. There's no difference. I also want to point out, this is one of the few times where Rob uses the same word Mm -hmm. as his rhyming bit, which is a weird he normally doesn't do that he says but in the jewels of a starry night what is the difference between day and night right like he's using the same word he never does that that's very Mm. strange and Mm. it almost feels like a tell to me somehow but i love that verse and so then at the and in between these verses you know there's that walk 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 but then the, the second one it's work 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 yeah 
perambulate. So it's this manifest, manifest, go, move, do. Earth. But in the school, last one, work, in the, exactly in the last verse, <laughs> he's he he retreats back and he says, "Now you know just what I know. Standing still is the way to go. All roads lead from to the dreams of men. I'm counting down from ten to zero. So now he's setting things right. He's going the reverse of what was in the beginning. He's saying, don't look outwards to God. The real meaning, the real solidity of what we are as humans is just inside. It's your own self. It's your own perspective. Stand still. Be still. Feel that stillness. All roads lead to your own dreams. You're counting down from 10 to nothing, from manifestation to stillness. It's this reverse. It's pulling everything back in to be that mm. that sense of no stand still don't fucking work don't perambulate that sense still. of no and that was that's all over all of those songs in yeah. the in this last ep there's so much fucking wisdom in that these last sense of in, in, no. in, in, in these in these lyrics <clears throat> that's so mature like yes maybe there's something not quite as raw and magic in these two eps but his the vision that Rob came to, or his ability to, to the, the poetry he came to, really, really speaks to me, and I, mm-hmm. I just fucking love it. I think it's a beautiful final statement. The last line of any "No Means No" song we'll ever get to hear oh, is, "I'm counting down from ten to zero. Oh no! And that's it. And then it's them. And then it's them just fucking having fun. Mm-hmm. and letting go right then it's them just letting it rip and being like fuck it let's just play until it just fades out oh and no the last sound is the laugh well, the yes. last sound is the laugh yep. exactly how fucking oh, perfect man. is that yeah. i think it's a beautiful 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 yep. last statement yep. i don't think this is going to be a lot of people's favorite songs but i adore it and i think mm. i i adore these tour eps and I think this is a beautiful statement by Rob. The, the the musicianship in this is fucking. As you said, Michelle, I'd love to pull out the drums, but that fucking bass line in the beginning, I often, I, don't, no, I was I often agree. captured oh. by the 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 guitar mm-hmm. riff. Yeah. But that mm-hmm. bass line is fucking nuts. Yeah. It's just fucking. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. So I love it. I think it's a great song. Um, Jeez, Matthew. So wow, um, follow yeah. that. What do you well, call the wheeled conveyance that you push your your baby around in, you guys? The carriage, the pram. The pram. It's a pram. Oh, right? pram. Well, that's what they call it in England. That's what it comes from. Pram. So usually no. you'd say a stroller is what what uh, yeah, most people call it. It's in Britain. It's a, a, a perambulator. Pr- so pram. it's a pram. Yeah. So it's it's more that old style, old timey one where the baby is yeah, yeah. is for like yeah. the real t- infant. Um, sort of yeah, yeah. black and the nanny is pushing it with the sprung wheels and stuff uh-huh. like that. But that is a, yeah, the pram comes from perambulator, but um, yeah, no to, to stroll or to perambulate is um, uh, it's walking. It is a synonym for walk, but it uh, has a connotation of aimlessness. Yeah. Mm. Like there isn't a, you're not perambulating anywhere. You're just sort of perambulating around. <laughs> right. Huh. Right. Uh, per, I guess, you know, amble is to walk per is like outside of like perimeter uh the the edge of so maybe that's it you're walking around the edge of stuff oh my god oh my god um yeah i hadn't even thought of that myself (laughs) peri it's like perimeter or 
perineum, <laughs> the the edge. <laughs> so you um, you're just sort of uh, going deep, dipping into the uh, dipping into the edge of um, mm-hmm. what God intends. So sitting all day all day long in the dreams of men, pounding the numbers from one to ten. So the going up making progress um but still a limited and very finite number of steps the number of fingers that you have on your hands the number that you always have in front of you um and uh keep going um there's so much of this uh see the shadow it's leading the man uh world of traces that's all that's left on the road um keep going walk work until you don't think so is that still you is that automaton still you um that you just sort of uh, maybe s- stay still and uh take a look around um because if you are perambulating you are only on the edge of um whatever it is you're walking around maybe that's your own life you're never actually uh standing and taking it in um <laughs> yeah um I was thinking about that in the Jewels of a Starry Night. I hadn't thought of that either, that there is no difference between day and night. It's just, you know, it's it's all stars. It's just the brightest, closest one that's out part of the part of the time. Right, yeah. Um Right. It, it's just your just your perspective, just what you happen to be close to that uh creates any contrast at all. Yeah, right. Um so yeah, interesting. I I, I agree with the primus thing. <laughs> Seems, oh, do you really? <laughs> yeah, no, it reminds me a little bit of uh, that sort of style. Um, yeah, I was interested yeah. in that um, transposition of spare the spare the child and spoil the rod, because uh, to um, spoil the rod or spare the rod and spoil the child means if you don't, if you're not hard enough on your kids, then they won't be tough enough to survive. So, what does it mean the other way around? If you're um, spoiling the rod sparing the child and spoiling the rod what would that mean is it that um things aren't hard enough does it mean that uh once you get into your groove that we're not challenged that we don't um the the boredom and blase um work a day day um causes you to um again just work just walk and you not pay attention to uh while the car's driving by (laughs) Like yeah, just sorry, heard. that was my, my place. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Um, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it, um, except that, yeah, uh, all roads lead to the dreams of men. So all roads lead to Rome is one expression that um, oh. everyone goes to the same most important place. And then all roads lead to Ausfart, uh, which is uh, turning that expression on its head. Ausfart, of course, means um, exit. Exit it doesn't mean anything. So um, <laughs> it's the it's that German joke that uh, it's the most common city, or it's like every, where everyone's going is the exit, and that's um, that's true enough. Um, yep. If you are always perambulating, you're always heading somewhere. You're heading. Uh, to the end, you're heading to the exit. You're heading, and uh, maybe if you're only paying paying attention to that, then um, maybe you kind of missed the journey. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, the 
the stuff at the end, it just reminds me like the I thought you were going to drop your mic right there. Roadhouse <laughs> rock jam towards the end. Um, I don't know if that's a steel guitar or acoustic or what, but uh, or whether it's just the style that they're playing. But uh, yeah, the the silly laughs and the goofing around. It is really yep. a perfect way to end. <laughs> Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Fun as fun. Well, shit, guys. Here's our last vote for round one. So, Michelle, go ahead. Put in your vote. ALH. ALH. Excellent. Almost like home is my vote. Uh, This is not an easy. Wholeheartedly. This would have been an easy one for before I dove into almost like home for sure, which I fucking love. But it's not super hard for me. It's perambulate for sure. Oh wow! Oh look at you. Cool. Um, (gasps) Matthew. uh, Yeah, tiebreaker in the last one. Um, Like I say, almost like home was the last new no means no or new to me no means no song that I will probably ever get to experience unless there's some other shit floating out there. Um, I, I think I have to give it to almost like home because it's so much. Wow, it's a great fun fucking song. It's a great yeah, fucking fun. song, and maybe that is the maybe that was the spark. Maybe that was the the genesis. Like, oh um, god, you, you know, we yes. should this. Hey, this works yes. the three of us. Um, yep. So there you go. And uh, perambulate cooking up something good. While I really like, uh, while I really like it, I think I said this in a, like a Facebook comment recently, how um, so much of no means knows early work. And this is not a bad thing. Uh, it sounds like it when I say this, but like that the ideas were just like bubbling and frothing out of them. Mm-hmm. They couldn't help it. Um, so there's a certain energy to it. And um, you know, Andy's presence or absence is, it makes a difference. I don't think it's uh it's just different. It's not uh, better or worse necessarily, um, but uh, there is a certain different kind of generativity. Uh, and maybe I don't know whether Tom was getting his creative yayas out in other in his solo stuff and in the Showbiz Giants, but uh, he never took that kind of a a role. I don't know whether he didn't want to or whether he wasn't uh, kind of it wasn't as easy for him to do it. Um, but mm. later. Later, no means Just no stuff player. seems so much yeah. more uh, deliberate somehow. Like uh, the early stuff is like what they couldn't help, and then uh, later on, and Perambulate is probably the song that I would uh, say <clears throat> as an example of this. But it's like, oh, I have to make up a song. Let's make up a song. I have to think about what oh. song it is I'm going to make up. Let's walk, make it about walking. What would a song about walking mean yeah. or be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just seems much more conscious somehow mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and while i really like perambulate almost like home, it, it might have won perambulate might have uh, might have gone ahead against a bunch of other songs but almost like home is just so unique and it's interesting so and so much fun it's such that a i can't song. not vote for it so yeah no like i home. hear you i mean it was it, it, i i i i don't i mean i could flip my vote on a dime i i part, partly i i want to give it to perambulate because which is, you know, just a, it's not a sympathy vote, but it's just like, you know, a, a vote for that EP and that later period. And what I really feel, especially with that last EP, is a really mature mm. statement by Rob that really speaks to me. I don't, I can, and, and that's like, 
almost like home the music hundred times more fun i fucking groove to that shit i'm not yeah. gonna i'm yeah. not gonna put perambulate on my party mix right I'm no. gonna put almost like home. <laughs> yeah. but that's not always why i listen to no means no there's something exactly. that speaks to yep. my right. guts right. and that last mm-hmm. tour ep mm-hmm. rob's poetry speaks to my guts and as a last statement by rob i can't that to me is why i'm voting for it because i really respect where he went mm-hmm. what he was saying at the end and yeah. that that's yep. his final statement of a series of songs that felt like of a piece. And I, I just thought it was beautiful. I agree. It doesn't have the holographic element that something like the rape has, or especially earlier shit when Andy was there, when every piece felt with it, right? It doesn't have a hundred percent. I'll give you that. But there's something <laughs> about it that feels mature that I, I just really respect. And there's something nostalgic for me. That's like, I got to give it to the last song. Yeah. Oh, Is this man. song going to go all the way? No, of course not. Like I, I won't make it past the next round. I'm sure. But, Feeling for well, I won't even, it's not even going to the next round. Right. Almost like home is, which is well-deserved because it's a great fucking song. So Jeez. you little creep creeped up oh. on new age, the rape. Well, we won't even go there. One over black silhouette. Um, and almost like home shut the door while perambulate took a walk. But before we end this podcast, before we get to Andy's corrections, we have a bit of a lengthy last, last listening submission for round one. Don't know if these will be coming back. Maybe they will. And this is from someone we all know and we've all met and we're all friends with our friend Cameron. So we're going to let Cameron go ahead and talk to us for oh a good 12 minutes. So pull up a chair. What's going on, everyone? It's Cameron. I'm uh, sitting in uh, my hotel room in Vegas on the tail end of my big trip around the southwestern United States, and I've spent pretty much this entire time driving, catching up on the podcast. Started out on episode 21, and I believe I'm on 39 or 38. Oh, damn. Not sure exactly. Damn. Um, I did hear, I finally got my name kind of shouted out. Uh, about having my uh, tattoo from uh, Pavel on my yeah, cage, right. and yeah. thought I'd, you know, try and use this opportunity to finally uh, share my 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 little um, deal that you guys are uh, asking fans <laughs> to submit for. I'm a little bit drunk, mind you. Um, I just Me got too. done walking around the Las Vegas Strip for a couple hours. Perambulating. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> here's my origin story. Um, I was in high school, I was, I believe, in my sophomore year, uh, No Means No was about to play at, uh, this UFCW hall in Galena, just outside of Santa Barbara. I was living in Ventura at the time, um, and a friend of mine gave me a copy of Wrong, it was like a week or two before the show, and, uh, gave it a listen. And yeah, I mean, what can you say? It was yeah. it was wrong. Nothing. I mean, that album is kind of spectacular. Um, so I went to the show, and it was No Means No, Victims Family, and some local band. I think they were called Yebarekinaye, something like that. Um, and uh, I honestly don't really remember much as far as like the songs I heard or whatnot, <laughs> but. I, seeing Victim's Family, I'd never heard Victim's Family prior oh to going God. to this show. And, oh boy. Yeah. Did uh, yeah. that band blow me away? Um, mm-hmm. 
and then you know no means no came on this was in 1994 february 27th i believe um and uh it was the two drummer tour and that show legitimately changed my life me too cam what can i say uh seeing victim's family you know the, the 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 fury and ferociousness that that band performs with is just unmatchable. Mm-hmm. No means no came on. They had two drummers, and I, you know, I I had never seen a band play with two drummers before, um, and they just they floored me. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I ended up seeing No Means No at the same UFCW hall a couple years later with DOA. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of the genesis of it all for me. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Um, I've been trying to... So I've, I've been listening to the podcast for fucking hours. You guys have been my travel <laughs> companions. Um, I'm sorry. On this trip, I mean, I think it's been over 30 hours oh, <laughs> at my least God, something Cam, like Jesus. that Jesus um, Christ so uh, I've been trying to kind of figure out how I was going to kind of piece this together Cam and I think the way I think I'm going to skip over what no means no means to me and save that for the last part um, and I'll jump into uh, a personal story um, which will dovetail in with a story that Matt had kind of Matthew had uh, had kind of talked to in a previous episode about uh, when Sean, when Sean, me, oh, Matthew, Jesus. Terry, uh, who else was there? Uh, I think Chedzy was with us, maybe. Chedz, yeah, I don't Chedswick. I remember. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, when we went to Tofino and saw No Means No play with Ford Pier, and uh, we all. Um, Experienced uh, our our good friend Sean's. Uh, I think uh, I think how Matthew put it was uh, his his first happy bridge uh, <laughs> when we were on the beach and stomping around the beach with the bioluminescence and and all of that that fun good stuff. Um, after the after that show, I went up onto the stage and was talking to John um, in all of his shirtless sweaty glory. And he had uh, he had mentioned that in for their upcoming tour down the West Coast. I'm from the Bay Area. I live in Oakland. I've lived in Oakland for 20 plus years. Um, but John had mentioned that they were going to be doing a show in Sacramento with Victims Family and Mike Watt. Oh shit! Needless to say, like my jaw hit the floor. Because, yeah, yeah, it did. You know, I mean, that would have been it would it would be seeing Rob. Larry, Mike, Watt. Oh my God! The trifecta all on one stage in one trifecta. night. Um, I mean, to me, that is the 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 holy trifecta of bass. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you know, I I kind of went back home and was kind of waiting for this announcement and hadn't really heard anything. And a couple weeks later, Mike Watt happened to be playing in San Francisco, and it was a weird jazz show at some spot in the mission right. and uh, I got there a little bit early and went around the corner and saw this guy Kenny that I knew who was a bouncer at the Great American Music Hall and I'd kind of gotten friendly with this guy 
and uh, his wife, I believe her name is Lisa. Um, she was uh, she was in the Minutemen documentary uh, um, uh, oh, We Jammy Kano, and uh, right. and uh, yeah. So I I ran into ran into Kenny and Lisa. They were having dinner around the corner from the venue, and uh, Kenny happened to say, "Oh yeah, you know like." Watt should be kind of rolling up to say hi to Lisa any time now. Just hang out. And sure enough, a few minutes later, Mike Watt comes cruising around the corner. And this was the first time I was ever formally introduced to to Mr. Watt. Um, <laughs> Mr. Watt. And uh, so, you know, they, they had their little greetings and hellos and all that. And, uh, and Kenny uh, kind of points over to me and was like, hey, this is my buddy Cameron. Uh, I think he kind of wants to chew your ear off a little bit. Right. So I, you know, I got got talking with Watt, and I had mentioned I had just come back from from Canada, seeing No Means No, and John mentioned that he was supposed to be playing this show in Sacramento with Victim's family, and uh, Mike Watt was kind of like scratching his head and basically <laughs> said he had no idea about this. Oh show. no! So I, you know, me being who I am, I kind of told Watt, I was like, well, if you give me your email address, I can, you know, maybe get you in touch with, with the right folks, and uh, and the if right you're available, folks. you know, maybe ah. you can get on that bill. Oh, so, Mike uh, gave me his email address, I believe I forwarded that on to Chedzy, and sure enough, like three weeks later, oh, I don't know God. if it was three weeks, I don't know, but sometime later show got announced and it was no means no victims family mike watt jesus oh christ i believe there was one other band that played that show was I it kai Cole or whatever exactly who that Larry's was band? um victims family wound up unavailable and they did not play the show but triclops uh oh, one oh, of larry yes. boothroyd's other bands right. ended up getting oh, put on the bill so it still turned out um you know uh I got to, you know, uh, it was a show with, with Rob, Larry, Watt, um, and it, it turned out to be uh, this promoter in Sacramento, Brian McKenna, turned out uh, it was his, his birthday party. Um, yes, Brian McKenna's McKenna has birthday. had worked with No Means No over the years, and uh, yeah, so I, and I had not, I, I did not know McKenna at that point. I met McKenna. I don't know, maybe like a year later, and had kind of mentioned that I was the one that that kind of kind of nudged Mike in that direction to get on the bill, and you know, and I kind of apologized and was like, I didn't need to like you know step on your toes for your birthday party without you no, knowing no, no, no. or anything like that. <laughs> and McKenna is a great dude. Um, he, you know, he was more than happy to uh, to uh, make that show happen for for himself. Um, so yeah, that's kind of uh, that's my personal that that's one of my personal stories. <laughs> no means no. Um, I've had been fortunate enough to have kind of a few stories, but I'll I'll kind of leave it at that. Um, so uh, going into I guess what no means no means to me. Um, I don't know. Like I kind of think that this podcast really kind of encapsulates. Uh, what no means no means to me. I mean, it's the musicianship, 
the the timelessness of the subject matter of their lyricism, um, the poetry, the philosophical, like I mean, they're just you know they they are the whole package. Um, you know, living in the Bay Area, um, I was fortunate um, because they would play multiple shows in Northern California. Um, they would usually play Berkeley, San Francisco. Petaluma, Sacramento. So usually when they came through town, I would, you know, I got the chance to go to multiple shows all kind of oh, within nice. a span of a week or so. Um, nice. When all was said and done, I've seen No Means No and the Hanson Brothers 25 times. Oh. Um, oh, I've seen them in four states in the United States. California, Washington, Oregon, and Texas. I've gone to Canada twice to see them. And I uh, went to uh, Germany with a, a familiar um, fan, Pavel uh, Homet oh, from the, the, the <laughs> whatever board, um, and saw them in Stuttgart, Germany when I happened to be out in Europe at the time. Um, nice. So, yeah, I mean, Thanks to that message board, I feel like I've met some friends that hopefully I will have for many, many years to come. Uh, the three of you are included in that group. Um, so, yeah, uh, hopefully this comes out okay and I don't sound too drunk or, or kind of sloppy or, or whatever. Um, anyways, uh, I know I'm tardy on kind of submitting something like this, but... Um, when I finally kind of heard my name get mentioned in the in the podcast and being alone in a Las Vegas hotel room, I thought I would uh, roll the dice and, and, and give this a, give this a go. So, um, yeah, I keep up the good work. I love the podcast. Uh, I don't listen to podcasts very frequently, um, so being on this long road trip has has kind of afforded me the opportunity to to catch up and and listen to you all and uh yeah love you guys take care holy shit so first of all cameron snuck in just under the wire i'm so glad he got it in right like he said i I think if we hadn't delayed actually our recording of this it we wouldn't have caught him so i'm kind of it's fortuitous that we did and cam shout out to you for a second like we are i work in San Francisco, same city. I've not seen you in a long time. We got to fucking have a beer, man. So I, I, I want to get in touch with you. It's been way too long. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to grab a beer. So that's just a little personal I've seen aside. him recently and I have had a beer with well, him. Well, way more recently than me. So I got to, I got to, I got to, yep. I got to fix and that. And I met him from that goddamn uh, group we were all in. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, All my friends here because of this goddamn band. What a what a great last listener submission. For now, I'm not saying we won't do more of these later. Yeah. Right? It's not, you haven't necessarily missed your chance. We don't. We'll probably, but we'll also probably open it up. I don't know. Who knows? We're the, the sky's the limit. We're going to be designing all that shit, thinking of it during this break that we're going to have. But mm-hmm. thank you to everybody who did submit something, right? And 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 took the time to do it. And I get that those that didn't, no shade there either, right? Like it's, you know, some people don't want to. You just don't think about it. I've never done it for a podcast. I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I never do that shit if they ask. So for those that did take the time, it's meant a shit ton to us to hear all of your stories. Yeah. And I know for the yep. other listeners as well to hear those stories and hear... Mm-hmm. The passion. I, I, we've had a lot of people write into us and stuff that wasn't necessarily meant for submission, where they talk about how 
uh, how wonderful it was feeling like they were the only people that knew this band and they didn't have no one else to talk about it to discover this podcast <clears throat> and hear from us and all of you about how fucking great it was that yep. that there are other people who are so passionate about it. So thanks yep. to all of you I was and one your of submissions. Them. I am one of them. Yeah. So, <sighs> all right, our last segment, and this really is something that will not come back, at least not in this form. I don't know that it could have another form. We're going to lead read one of my favorite bits of the podcast, something I never expected we'd ever get on this Sorry, fucking guys. podcast. And Mr. Andy, I tried to not be too meta about this, but thank you so fucking much for all of your corrections. Every single yeah. one. We, oh I, I, this is probably many people's favorite part of the podcast, getting to hear from you and hear about these songs. So we've got six more songs tonight that Andy's going to talk about. I'm going to read two. Then my, uh, the Matthew's going to read two, then Michelle. So I'm going to start off. Uh, Andy's corrections. Give me the give me the sting, Michelle. I'm gonna oh, do it again. Beep, and beep, 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 beep. excellent. So, Dad, written by Rob when his voice was still recovering from surgery on his vocal cords, it was decided that I would sing it. While I tried my best both in the studio and live to give it all I could and make it credible sounding, I have to say neither my childhood nor the Wright's childhood resembled the Dad narrative at all. And thank God for that too. Unfortunately, the same can't be said for many who heard it. People would regularly come up to us after our set and say that dad was basically their own life story growing up. Horrific. As for recording it, it was pretty straightforward, like the music itself. Only thing I specifically recall was Rob wanting certain sections of power chords to really jump out in the mix. You can hear that in the version that ended up on the album. So, Hunt the She-Beast. This song has a very dodgy reputation. Lyrically, I'm guessing it was an attempt by Rob to somehow address the long history of males attempting to dominate and oppress females. I think there's some good lines in there, the first one being my own favorite. But there's also some ones that are laid on quite thick. We need prophets of the womb. Added to that, you have the chorus with the repetition, repetition of the song title again and again. And speaking of the chorus... I've always thought that it broke the groove of the song and not in a Brad groove. It is either it admirably provided by John every time it came around as a result. No, every time it came around as a result, the song has a stop start quality, which is frankly kind of irritating to me, at least still at the time we found it a worthy addition to tons of early sets as well as to the sex mad record. It was only years afterward that lots of fans and ourselves revealed their dislike for it. All right, Matthew. It's catching up. To be honest, I don't remember who wrote the music for this, John or Rob. I think it's one of the best songs of my time in the band. We worked very long and hard on the arrangement, all three of us adding loads of little details. Each section had its own feel, its own volume and intensity. For example, the galloping snare and guitar section. It's Catching Up is, at its core, a collection of hooks and accents performed at breakneck speed. As such, it was always very fun, if exhausting, to play live. Lyrically, it's pretty no-nonsense. Once again, the dead reappear, and not for the last time, either. Mm-hmm. New Age. I think I proposed doing this song as our DOA cover. I always thought it was an underrated DOA song whose original studio recording on Something Better Change didn't do it justice. As if our su- version somehow would. ha <laughs> ha! Like our Subhumans cover, we made no attempt to reinvent the song in any way, shape, or form. We just bashed it out as a tribute to one of our all-time favorite bands. All right. All right, Michelle. Okay, I'm going to read about you, Little Creep. Yeah, Little Creep. Uh, 
Little Creep was recorded during the Zero Plus Two sessions, although it was written much earlier, maybe 1986. It was part of Rob's first group of Hanson songs written as he was recovering from the operation on his vocal cords. Neither hardcore sounding nor Ramones-ish, Ramones-ish, Little Creep almost has a New York Dolls vibe to it, in my opinion. Though it must be said, I never once heard Rob mention the Dolls to me or anybody else. The case could be made that lyrically, lyrically speaking, it's closely related. I'm sorry. The case could be made that lyrically speaking, it's closely related to the song's small parts, isolated and destroyed, both savage, but at times quite darkly funny. Looks at, quote, scene life. It's funny because I didn't remember why we recorded it, but when I, when I saw on Discogs that the mm-hmm. compilation Nardwar the Human Serviette presents Clam Chowder and Ice versus Big Max and Bombers, on which it was included, came out in 1991 when I was still in the band. So I'm guessing it was recorded especially for that. And the next one he's talking about is the song Almost Like Home. Almost Like Home was recorded during the Mama sessions, hence the nice sound quality. It may be that John... It's his song, and I were working on arranging it in the last days of the infamous scientists. But as we broke up, John thought that about making it a no-means-no song. Very new wavy. And there we go. The last Andy's Corrections is about the first song he ever played with the band. That's pretty fucking uh, poignant as well. New wavy. Thank you, Andy. And I want to take just half a second before me in to thank uh, Matthew and Michelle, who I pulled into this weird, strange enterprise. And I don't know, over a year ago, year and a half, really, we uh, decided we started. Yeah, we started fucking doing this, not knowing where it was going to go. I had no idea we'd make it this far. We've got a long ways to go. But holy shit, guys, we did it. And I and you've, you've still never met Matthew in person. Never in person, but that, I'm never hoping that in person. changes. Never well, made it will the, change, no. but hopefully sooner well, rather yeah, than Yeah, but you've never seen the man but in the flesh. I think both of you guys will, or uh, I think the audience will agree, you guys are fucking fantastic. Uh, I love the chemistry we have here. I've loved doing this podcast. I can't wait to dive into season two. And I have no idea what it's going to look like. We've got to figure that out, everybody. So I know it's going to be a little while since you hear until you hear from us in an official capacity on the podcast, but we'll probably still be on the social. So I want to make sure that, you know, to look for us on Twitter, no means nothing podcast, uh, or, uh, look for us on Instagram, the at no mean, no means nothing podcast, go to the Facebook group, the no means nothing podcast, Facebook book group will be, you know, semi-active there and we'll let you know what's up. We'll let you know when we're coming back. And of course, if you don't want to do any of those things, eventually, three months, four months, I don't know when, we'll pop back in your feeds. Maybe we'll have a special surprise or two before then. I don't fucking know. We're going to figure it out, but we will be back. We just got to figure out what round two means because I don't want to just do the same fucking shit we just did because we already done did that. So we got to figure out how to keep it a little bit fresh for y'all and what we can do. We'll be bringing in, my hope is, we're going to be bringing in a lot more voices into this Mm -hmm. so that we can get some other people voting too. So we'll see how that works. Yeah, more guests and more, um, yeah, listener participation. Um, Exactly. Yeah, and uh, thanks to all the the listeners. We're blown away by the the extent of the response. Um, You know, there's regular listeners, and uh, thank you for all your contributions and all your support. Um, It is uh, an amazing thing. I know I nerd out about the... uh 
uh, the metrics on the podcast, but I certainly never thought that I would ever do anything or have anything to do with something that had been heard in, or according to the metrics, at least, you know, over a hundred countries and every fucking state crazy. in the United States, except for fucking Delaware, fuck you, Delaware. And, uh, every Canadian <gasps> province. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And, uh, again, um, this band and the community surrounding them has uh, always amazed me. Mm. I, some of the yep. more significant connections I've uh, I've had yep. the fortune to have in my life, and thank you to you both for uh, bringing us through this. Um, it was certainly an important social thing for me um, through mm-hmm. a pretty rough time. I think we were all yep. uh, kind of seeking for connection uh, through COVID and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's nice to be emerging from that now. And uh, yeah, uh, new stuff. It'll be surprised to, to us as well as to you what uh, form the podcast takes from here on out. Uh, but we're going to have uh, yeah, more voices. Uh, we have a few uh, pretty interesting guests uh, on the hook somewhere in the future and uh, so please stay soon please be patient thank you for your patience in the uh, we've been pretty good about releasing every two weeks but uh, have a few uh, peaks and valleys and um, the, so yeah again please uh, please stay tuned please share it around if there's people that you uh, yep. think that uh, might get something out of it please let them know and yep. um, yeah keep on keeping on and um, thanks again we wouldn't uh, be uh still doing it without y'all so um yeah thanks exactly right and 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 that thing about sharing that's the best thing you could do for us really share it around share it to other people you know that that like the band if you know anybody mm-hmm. that likes the band um this is the perfect time for them to catch up yeah it's all the episodes up, um, right? may be on youtube before too long too so yeah be... we're gonna work on that oh. i've got some people reaching out to help which is great so <laughs> yeah. no means no thing is produced and edited by yours truly jordan flato Co-hosting and podcast graphics are by the excellent Matthew Kowalik. Michelle Strangest is our third and everyone's favorite co-host and officially Foley artist. Shout out to our official mascot, Teddy. We love you, Teddy. Oh, Teddy. Thank you to No Means No for the use of stock taking as our intro and outro music. Hear the angels sing. This is the end of all things.